Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. We're going to do it right for Black History Month. I'm ready to flame Let's make a move Hurry up, let's go now You got to believe I'm tired of the wind We got nothing to lose Take my hand, let me help you I want to be free Come on, brother I want to be free Jared Lawrence, that's Field Mob, nothing to lose, I had to let that ride out man, that chorus, that first verse is just so soulful and it just kind of brings you into probably what it was like being a slave back then man, I thought they did a magnificent job on that song just explaining it all, I'm not sure, I think that was Sean Jay, was that Sean Jay on the first verse? I confuse him in a uh, smoke. I'm sorry. My apologies. I like Field Mob too. That's the thing, man. I love Field Mob, but I'm not like diehard like I am with Goody Mob. So my apologies if I've confused them. But with that being said, let's get this show started. I have a lot to get to. This is like one of the saddest days for me, man, because... The Portland Trailblazers have finally done it. They've finally pulled the trigger. They've broken up the duo, the dynamic duo of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I, I've been telling y'all that CJ was going to get traded. I've predicted it, but I still am hurt. Like, I don't know. I still feel it right now. Pause. It's just sad, man. Like, I knew the day was coming, but it's just still sad to actually see it play out. For those of you who don't know, CJ McCollum is my favorite Blazer right now. Top three in my all-time Blazers behind Brandon Roy and Andre Miller. So for me, this one, you know, it's a little personal. I have a CJ McCollum jersey. Like, if you don't know, I don't even have a Damian Lillard jersey. I bought the CJ McCollum jersey first because that was my favorite player. Everybody's like, why do you like CJ over Dame? Like, Dame's the star. I get it. 
But if you know me, I'm always more of the underground guy. I always like the underdog. So CJ fit me more. He felt like my personality more. Quiet, unassuming, articulate, smart, just a great basketball player. Killed the mid-range game. Shot um, very accurately from three, too. Like, I think they say he was career 40% or with the blitz. Yeah, I think he's 40% from three for his career. And he's just, I don't know. I just liked everything about him. Like, no tattoos, no earrings. Like, it just fit me. That's how I am. I'm a very basic, plain guy. Um, He just had a baby, too. That's the sad thing, man. He got married over the summer or maybe a year ago. He got married. Then he had the baby either this year or December. So just to have to pick up and move like that, man, it's just sad. He's going to New Orleans Pelicans. The return deal is uh, Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky. I don't even know how to say it. Some guy named Didi Luanza, Luzana, Lasagna. I don't know. (laughs) And um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who a lot of people are high on. Josh Hart, you know what you're getting. Solid guy. I think he's like 13, 14 points a game. Shoots pretty solid from two. I think he's like a 50% shooter, but his three is not as good as CJ. He's like 32%. And then we gave up CJ McCollum. We're giving up Larry Nance Jr. And Tony Snell, who a lot of Blazer fans complained about most of the season. I had no problem with him. but And and Larry Nance, I like that trade when we got him. I didn't think we need to give up the first, but we'll probably get that first back anyway because it's going to be a lottery pick most likely. But I think the issue with Larry Nance was he just was always injured. So he's not – he hasn't played in like almost a month. So a lot of Blazer fans were like, well, we're not really losing much because he was injured a lot. Like, man, this Blazer team, between the injuries and the, the age – well, not really the age, but the injuries. And now we're just a youth movement. We're blowing it up. But back to CJ – Man, I remember where I was, like, the night he got drafted. I was in Gastonia, North Carolina, at the Best Western. And let me tell you, I was so excited for this NBA draft because I actually wanted the Blazers to draft C.J. McCollum. I was following him in college, and I was like, man, that would be perfect person to put next to Damian Lillard. So I wanted this pick. This is how much of a C.J. fan I am. Like, I, I got my wish that night. That's why this night is so memorable to me. I was, at, I was in Gastonia at the Best Western. I remember going to Cracker Barrel, getting my dinner before the draft because I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be a great night. I'm just going to sit back, relax at the hotel. I had finished work. I was over there mapping. Cracker Barrel was like right next to the Best Western too. So I walked over there. I can't remember the exact meal I got, but there was only like two things I ordered at Cracker Barrel. So it was either the lemon pepper trout or the pork chops. And I think it was probably the lemon pepper trout that night. Side of mashed potatoes and brown gravy. Um, not the collard greens. What's the, the turnip greens? That's what they have there. And then I probably had a side of white gravy to go with the biscuits because they give you two biscuits or a biscuit and a cornbread, but I always get the biscuits. But that's beyond the point. I got all that, and it was just a great night. We got CJ. A lot of people were going to say we passed on um, Greek Freak to get CJ, which a lot of people did. Magic passed on him too. But CJ was the player I wanted, man. That was like the guy that I thought would fit this team great. And I think I need to call somebody to talk about this and get like another opinion. Cause to me, it's something we had to do, but I don't know if we're in full rebuild rebuild mode right now. A lot of people are going to say this is a rebuild. I don't know. Is this a rebuild or a reload? 
So I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call my friend Courtney, who was texting me earlier about this trade. I'm gonna see if he answers. I would love to get his opinion on this, on the record. See if he answers. I don't know. If he doesn't answer, I have a backup person to call. We were just talking on WhatsApp too, so I'm not sure. I've never called him before though. I'm also going to call Jackie later about the Super Bowl. I don't think Courtney's going to answer though. So I'm going to go to my. Uh, Please leave your message. Yeah, I'm going to go to my backup person who always answers. He's like the most reliable, keeping it real with Jared Lawrence guest. Ladies and gentlemen, it is no other than D'Angelo Fletcher. See if he answers. Let's see if real talk from the cheap seats has finally gotten started. D'Angelo always answers. What did I tell you? Jerry Lawrence. What did I tell you guys? I said D'Angelo is going to answer. I said he's the most reliable keeping it real with Jerry Lawrence guest. What's happening? I, you know I need your opinion on this trade that just went down today with my trailblazers. Uh oh! I don't know I if you've been paying attention. I just saw. I just saw a headline that said "End of Era." Oh man! What was the trade? We traded C.J. McCollum to New Orleans. We gave up Larry Ooh. Nance Jr. and Tony Snell, and we got back Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, some some guy I don't know his name, D.D. something, and we got back Thomas Sadoransky. I think the Bulls. You guys actually drafted that guy. And then we got a first round pick that will be ours if it's number five or fourteen. All right. So a lot of people so are saying, "Well, a lot of people are saying the Blazers are blowing it up at this point that it's a rebuild." I'm yep. not sure that the, oh, the our general manager claims it's a re a reload, but after this trade in the Clippers mm. trade last week, uh, it's yeah, I don't know. Nah, the Clippers were a few games away, and then they got rid of their best shooter. No, nah, I'm talking about done. us trading to the Clippers. We gave I mean, them um, Robert I mean, Covington. I mean, the, I mean, the Blazers. The Blazers were a couple games away. No, we're away. we're tanking because Dame is not coming back in the regular season. But I also think we might put some pieces around him in the summer. That's why I'm like, I don't know if this is a dumpster fire where we're just giving everybody away. How many years? Wasn't Dame up on the block last year, though? No, no, no. Dame can stay as long as he wants. The minute Dame says he's ready to go, we'll let him go. But we're not going to let yeah, Dame but go I, until he I, wants to go. I thought, I thought he was a part of the conversation before the Lakers picked up Russ. I thought no, he was no. a part of the conversation that, to go no, there. No, you know what that is? That is the delusional Laker fans who keep telling me they're going to get Damian Lillard for something cheap. Like, they swear we're just going to give them Damian Lillard because LeBron wants him. Like, No! Laker well, I mean, fans you think just got, you just got rid of CJ McCullough for Josh Hart. Yeah, Is but, that the same? No, Dame's worth a little more. We're we're not we're gonna be a little bit more pickier with who we give up Dame for. My cousin is trying to tell me today that we are gonna tra- we should trade Damian Lillard for Russell Westbrook. And I said I said, Man, do you really no. you, you really think people in Portland are out here smoking K two and Flocka and all this? Like you really yeah, think we're we're on those drugs over there in Portland? That wouldn't happen. I said nah. they the Lakers can't even give away Russell Westbrook right now. Nah. I don't even know why they would want to. He is, is I mean, he's catching bad headlines 
But that's a part of being a Laker or being a Nick. You know what I mean? You catch New York and L.A. headlines. But as far as, like, assists and rebounds, he's up there. He's playing well. He just, you know, got bad headlines. I think the problem is actually when they put that team together, like with LeBron, I think history has shown us you can't really put another player that has to control the ball alongside LeBron. It's just not going to work. LeBron needs passive players, people who are just going to spot up and shoot. But two, like, ball-dominant players, it doesn't work when you have LeBron on your team. I mean, it worked with Dwayne Wade, didn't it? Yeah. Kyrie Irving's Kyrie Irving's ball-dominant. Yeah, and you saw what happened. Kyrie won it out of there after they won that championship. He's like, I can't. Yeah, that was, Kyrie the, worst, was tired that, that was the worst decision. But he was tired of That's spotting up and shooting so much. Yeah, well, that was the worst decision he ever made. Now he can't play 40 games. Yeah, that's that, – Kyrie, I'm not going to get mad at Kyrie because, like, if he was in another city, he'd be able to play. So I'm not I'm not mad at that. Um, I think Kyrie never going to make it back to the finals ever again in his career. He's done. No, if he can um, play on a road games with the Nets, they're back in it. <laughs> Once he – or a, a home games, I'm sorry. Nah, I don't think they take. I don't think they beat Milwaukee in the seven. Dude, if he didn't sprain his ankle or whatever it was last year, they would have went to the finals. Mm. Well, shoulda, coulda, woulda. If Giannis didn't take that man out last year, you know they probably would have made it. Hey, hey. So I do think that I think the Trailblazers are done though. Why is, it, them. why is everybody think we're like everybody wants to put us like out like? I think because the reason why I think the reason why Dane gets the ability that he does is because you have to respect CJ. Who is that player now? Oh, Anthony Simons. They're ready to throw the keys to the ship to Anthony Simons. That dude, oh, I think they, is, they're definitely rebuilding it. No, nah, Simons. I don't know if you paid attention in early January when everybody was hurt. Simons was averaging like twenty six a game. Mm-hmm. He's he's where, good. Where the, He's, he's good. What's good? What's no, that mean? I think his ceiling is higher than CJ. He's not there yet, but I think the ceiling is higher. That's a, that's bold. He can shoot. His athleticism is above CJ. And I just think, yeah, I think his ceiling. He's only, what, 21 years old? Currently, the Portland Trailblazers are in the 11th spot. Nah, it's over for them. No, no, we don't want to do anything this year. Dame is hurt. We're trying to get the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. If we make I mean, it a lottery, yeah. we you I think it's the Bulls actually. If we don't make the lottery, you get our first round pick. So we're trying to make the lottery to keep that pick. Yeah, that's even next year. I I think they're too far behind. They're too far behind Phoenix. Well, we don't know Golden what we're gonna State, do next Golden year. Golden State is coming back. Memphis is strong. Utah is strong. Dallas is okay. Denver is I think normally a strong team, I would say. D'Angelo. And then you got Nah, there's no way. Portland is out of there. They're gonna be gone for the next three to five years. You have to understand. And and then and then they're eleventh to New Orleans, which they just gave CJ McCullough. No way. No, You're no. Gonna, it, it, we don't look, look, this is the thing though, I don't think I explained to you. We have like sixty million in cap space coming up in the summer. Plus we have mm-hmm. yeah. this twenty million dollar trade exception. I don't even know how that all works, but they're saying we can use that to get somebody like I'm just going to trust the process because right now it looks like we're giving people away, but it's clear we're trying to clear salary too. So we have this like interim GM right now, and I kind of want to see what he does before I. Well, you didn't even say that yet. Now you're talking, not only are you dumping players, but you got a new GM. What's next? No, no. He's a. Wait a minute. New coach this year, right? Chauncey. Chauncey. Chauncey Billups. But I'm going to tell you. Oh, I love Chauncey. I like No, no, I love him as a coach. 
And I'm going to tell you another reason why I think we're getting rid of a lot of players. I don't think these guys fit Chauncey's style. I think Chauncey wants two-way players who hustle. And a lot of these guys were older veterans. I don't think they were buying into what Chauncey was saying because he's a new coach. They've been here for a while. I think Chauncey's trying to get the young guys in because he knows they're going to listen more and he's going to build off of that. But I'd like to see what we that's do in the summer. That's with very the possible. And he's a, he's a Detroit. He's a gritty player. He's from the, a real ball team. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, but okay. So, all right, so here we go. Let's stack these dominoes back up here. You're saying new players, one you're hoping for a rookie out of the lottery. You're talking two rookies, two rookies. New, oh my God. You're talking two rookies. You're talking new coach and you're talking new GM and you want success. I think, None of that says success. Well, I'm going to tell you why I None believe in it. Because I look at what the Cleveland Cavaliers did like two or three years ago. We thought they were done. And now they're one of the best teams in the East. With a little patience and the right um, draft picks, Look what Cleveland's done. Nobody uh, saw them doing this. Cleveland's good Cleveland this year. Has, Cleveland is solid, but is that because Cleveland is actually good, or is that the other teams no, playing bad? They're good. They got a lot of young talent, man. A lot of young I think talent. They were, I think they're fortunate enough to have Indiana turnover. Uh, I don't know why New York is not consistent. You saw what uh, Indiana they, did today that too. Indiana did a yeah. trade. They traded some bonus. Um, Boston. Brooklyn, I don't know why they're not where they're not where they should be. Boston's got to break it up. They're the same as the Blazers. They're probably not going any further with that duo. They got to break the duo up. Yeah, I I just think Cleveland is fortunate this year. I think Cleveland's talented, man. Darius Garland is an all star. Um, Evan Mobley looks great as a rookie. Jared Allen looks like he's worth the money they gave him. Do you think they're six? They're six places better than Atlanta, though. I think I, I like think their so. roster better than Atlanta's. Atlanta looks like they might have been a fluke. <laughs> I hate to say it. They might have been a fluke last year. Mm-mm. I don't know about that. But look, why? I think that ki- the kid is magic. Who? Trey Young? Yeah, he's magic. So is Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Garland? Mm-hmm. Young, yeah, you talking about another rookie. Are you giving me more rookie No, stuff? Garland is like a second or third year. He's going to the All-Star game. Darius Garland yeah, is okay. good. Yo, you mean you mean the, you mean the fan pick game? No, well, the coaches picked the reserves, so he got picked by the coaches. <laughs> no, Darius Garland <laughs> is a really good point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He okay. he can play make and he can shoot. Now, sh- speaking of shooters, have you seen that girl in college basketball that's pulling up from like the logo? From Iowa, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> She yeah. is. What's her name? Caitlin Clark. That girl is sick. Something. Something. I think it's Caitlin Clark. I saw some clips of her yesterday, just pulling up from the logos. She reminds from me of Curry end, yeah. more than any woman I've seen so far. Yeah, she's gonna be dangerous. From in Iowa, I can't freaking believe. Iowa, dude. I think she's from like. Let me see where she came from, though. She's not from. Is she from like Minnesota? She's not from Iowa. She just plays in Iowa. Yeah, but to go to Iowa, you got to be from somewhere around there. <laughs> You're not from California yeah. going to college in Iowa. She's from I mean, the Midwest. It is Big Ten, though. She's got to be Midwest. I'm I'm looking it up right now. I gotta see. I got. I think she's from Minnesota, man. I I really yeah. think she's from Minnesota, but you don't you don't like go from New York to Iowa. There's no way. <laughs> no. Caitlin Clark. No way. She is from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> she's from Des Moines, Iowa. 
I'm like, you yeah. know, that's the only way somebody that good ends up at yeah, Iowa. She, she, moved, she moved up. She went from Des Moines to Iowa City. That's wow. a big time for her. She probably grew up an Iowa fan, bro. They got lucky with her. Yeah. They got lucky with her. So what's up? You you recording the show now currently? How yeah. yeah, I just started. I was doing my farewell, CJ, talking a little bit about the trade. Um, And then I, I was like, let me call. I was going to call my friend Courtney because he was texting me earlier about the trade. He didn't answer, so I said, mm-hmm. "Let me call the person who always answers," and that's D'Angelo. I always answer the phone. And then I, and then I'm like, I'm well, always here. "You're on the phone," so I'm like, "I can also get Super Bowl like prediction from you." Oh, I like. I I think it's Matt Stafford's time. Okay, it's so you turn. don't think the Bengals are winning? You're going I, you know, Rams. I like them. I like them, but I no, no way. If if they got Vaughn Miller or whatever his name is, and uh. Aaron Donald, hey. there's no way they allow that kid also, to beat him. There's go, no way. Go easy on the Bengals O-line. My niece's brother plays for them. <laughs> oh, wow. He's a right guard. Jackson Carmen. I think they're, I think they're a great they're a good team. No, but their O-line, O-line is, is rough. They deserve it. The O-line yeah. is rough. <laughs> yeah, they deserve to be there. But I just think it's Stafford. He put in 13, 14 years in Detroit. It's his turn. And you can't you lose I mean? in California where you're – that's your stadium. They can't lose there. They cannot. And they got so many superstars on the team. There's no, no way. There's yeah. absolutely no way. But then lose. again, they looked very mid against the 49ers. I am, I am interested. Yeah, I am interested to see how Chase does against Ramsey. Ramsey, 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 Sam, Ramsey. Yeah, whatever. I know Jalen Ramsey. This is probably a yeah. popular opinion. I think Ramsey's a little overrated. Every time I'm mm. watching, he's getting beat by somebody like He's getting, he's gotten nah, beat not, deep a few times recently where I'm just like I, I think it's more name with him than like actual he's good nah. but I don't think he's like Dion level. I don't think he's shut down. I don't think he's a shutdown corner. I think he's a solid corner. I don't think he's a shutdown corner. No, no, no. See the game is different. D, him and Dion are exactly the same. They are very you fear their makeup speed. The difference is back in the day, quarterbacks stayed away from that. Nowadays, quarterbacks are egregious. They don't care. They just throw wherever the you know they throw the ball way more now. I'm gonna tell so, you something. So Dion. he gets so he gets attacked. If they if they attack Dion the way they attack this dude, Dion would have had more bad highlights too. Yeah, he would have had more interceptions too. But yeah, yeah, look, yeah, I'm gonna tell you this: J- Jamar Chase is going for a hundred. He's going for at least a hundred on Jalen. That's how good Chase I, is. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a night. That's for sure. I, yeah, I'm no, interested you know what, to see though? that battle. I don't even put him on. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. I'm confusing the teams. I was going to say, I don't put him on Jamar, but I do put him on. I'm thinking of who's guarding Cooper Cup, which if Eli Apple dares to try to guard Cooper Cup, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's, too many, it's, it's too many weapons. So I think Chase is a great receiver. Like, let's go back to that. I think Chase is a great receiver. He might even be better than Jalen Ramsey. However, it's not just him that it accounts for. Dude's got to be able to get in the ball, and he's being rushed by some of the best rushers in the history of the game. There's no way. Yeah, I agree. I Yeah, he's not going to be able to get the ball off. That, man. Like, like I said, my niece's brother, who I'm not even related to by blood, but he's number 79 on the Bengals. And I want to see him do good. He's only a rookie, though. And I'm just like, man, I pray. I pray against that. that your, your, your niece's brother, where, where the tickets at? You ain't got the tickets so far? I asked my niece if she was going. She said she's not going, but her mom is probably going and her cousin's probably going. I, I'm too far off from that family to get tickets. I'm not there with, like, I, I, 
I've met her mom. I've met her younger brother. I've never even met her older brother who's the one in the NFL. So I FaceTimed with him once when she had him on the phone, and I asked for a Trevor Lawrence jersey because his last name was Lawrence, and I didn't get that. So I, I've given up. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to root for them because he's on the team. And I'm going to tell you a fun fact. His freshman year, because he played at Clemson, his freshman year they won the championship. So now it's like, yo, as a rookie, he might win the Super Bowl. So to have those right. two accolades, that's pretty impressive. But That's huge. I think I'm going Rams too, even though I want the Bengals to win. But I shouldn't want the Bengals to win because I'm a Steeler fan. It's very weird for me right now. Like It's, it's a tough situation <laughs> I'm in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, yeah, you're definitely having a rough year. You're talking about your man stepping down. No, it was time. It was time. It was, I've talked about that so much. Like It was time. He just did not look like the Roth, Roth, Roethlisberger I remember. He couldn't move. Yeah, he's aged. He couldn't throw. Like, he restricted what we could do in the passing game. That Kansas City game was so sad to watch. Like, we got out to the lead, and I said, the only hope we have of winning this game is if the defense can slow down Kansas City because if it gets above 15 points, we can't score more than that. And once you know, it got past I that, it was over. You know what? I, I cannot say that I'm angry at how it is going down. I personally am a person who likes when great players play until the wheels fall off. I hate when players quit early. And of course, I live in a city where the, one of the people they're calling the greatest quit extremely early in year 13. He's about, oh, right? So I'm talking about Michael Jordan. Oh, Jordan. I thought right? about Walter. Yeah, he quit twice and only had a 13-year career. And, and I, you know, I, I angrily, no, I get angry when people put him like, oh, greatest ever, but he quit so early, Bro. right? And now we have, we have so many players that are 18, 19, and 20 years into their career. How does he still get that accolade as greatest ever, right? That, that, I think longevity is important. So I like Kobe playing until the wheels literally fell off. I like Shaq playing until the wheels literally fell off. I mean, when you are a great, and Dwayne Wade, same way, right? Play until you can't play no more and, and, and take your flowers, you know, in every stadium that you go to, right? I, I really appreciate that. I don't like I don't like when players just flat out say, yeah, it's, it's over, right? So, okay. I mean, ben, ben, is, ben is at the end of it. He's at the end of life. It's understandable, but I, I like the fact that he played this long. D'Angelo, I got to play devil's mine. advocate. First of all, if Damian Lillard could give me six championships in 13 years, I would not complain. You can retire at whatever age you want. I am happy. Second of all, um, what was I going to say? I forgot my point. But so, but, but this is this is the thing. We got 13 years, right? Uh, right now, right now, uh, LeBron is what 2,000 yards from number one all time in points. He's top 10 in rebounds. He's top 10 in assists also. And he, and he doesn't get that credit as being the greatest ever because of the way Michael Jordan played. And we'll never be able to truly say, well, Jordan could have got to number one all-time in points because he didn't play long enough. Okay, that's what my point was going to be, my second point. I like that Michael Jordan left early because we get to ask, what if? Like, we watched Kobe towards the end, and it was like, we know he doesn't have it. Jordan left at the top, so we never have to wonder – when the end would have been for him. Like it's a little bit of mystique I don't, I that's don't left think there. The man the man smoked high end cigars, gambled. I do not think he would have made it to twenty years to get to the top. 
I do not. And that's so. why I'd like to see him leave. Then I don't my, like, you know, how quickly we forget about Jordan on the Wizards and we erase that from our minds. It's because we didn't want to see it. <laughs> like, even though he averaged like 20 for them, we don't talk about him on the Wizards. Because, like I said, it's like when the Undertaker rode the motorcycle. It's just something we just want to erase from our memory. So if he would have right. kept going, we probably would have. Like, it's like Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Nobody talks about the end of his career when he when he lost to, um, what was the dude that Mike Tyson knocked out for him? <laughs> what, was it Riddick Bo? <laughs> no, no, no. It was uh, I don't remember. Larry, Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Holmes dominated Ali. At the end, and that's when young Mike Tyson promised, like, I'm going to whoop him for you. And Mike Tyson did that. But nobody talks about that with Ali. Like, we only talk about the highs, the his his career. We say he's the best, but nobody talks about the end of when he went and fought the, the kickboxer in the fake wrestling match. Like, there's just so much we just erased from our minds with Ali. And I think it would have been the same with Jordan. Yeah, well, you know, it's like my I, one of my closest friends here, he he'll always say that he thinks Floyd is the best ever. So I like that too because we never saw Floyd lose. Like I didn't want to see Floyd go down. I like that Floyd left on his terms. Yeah, but he also did fifty fights. He fought everybody. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he did but a there's lot. still people I, who you know, complain. The, yeah, well, what are you gonna do, right? <laughs> yeah, what were you saying? Though? You said it's he, not something. He, he is. He is truly old now. Him getting out there now. Now nah, Floyd will still get back thing. out there. He probably gonna fight one of Paul brothers. Yeah, <laughs> I can see them cats but knocking dudes out. Nah, but Floyd won't lose to them. No way. He already fought. Well, actually, he fought one. He fought Logan. He needs to fight Jake now. Yeah. But look, why? While, while I have you on the phone, the most important thing I have to ask about the Super Bowl is the halftime show. You're a music guy, so I want your opinion on one. Do you think this will be the best halftime show ever? And what songs mm. do you think will be played? Because that's the most important thing everybody's talking about right now. Like. Their catalogs are so extensive. What songs get played from those catalogs? Do I think it is going to be the best ever? Uh, no, I don't think it's going to be the best ever just because it's too much hype. None of them, none of them are really pop acts. I don't think hip hop moves the crowd the way pop does. One, know, one, you know, I, I, I think Bruno Mars's halftime show was out of this world. Yeah. Bruno and Beyonce to me. You know what I mean? So that's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be good. I just think rap music is not the same as pop music me, as far as a halftime show would go. So Let me tell you this, though. When that nothing but a G thing rings off in that stadium, and if they don't play, play they better yeah. play nothing but a G thing. They have to play that they, song. No, I don't think it's going to be nothing but a G thing. It's going to be the other song with Snoop, the newest one. Explode. Um... You got to do a medley though. Like they got to go. They got to run through a few of them. I think. I think we're getting nothing but a G thing. I I want I want gin and juice, but I don't think we're getting gin minutes. and juice. I don't think we can get gin and 15 juice. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. No way. No, no. You There's only no give me first. Let's DJ like a first verse. Just first verse and move on. But we need that. Bro, we have to get that. We have to get that, mm. and we have to get the next episode. Those are the two must. From the Dr. Dre catalog, I think. And I you definitely are gonna get next episode because it's what Eminem is on that song. Is Snoop on next episode? I think Snoop's on there. Yeah, uh, da, 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 da. yeah. You're getting next episode. No, wait, Eminem's not on next episode. Is he? No. Oh, he's on what what song is he on with Dre? He's on Wait, do they got if fifty is fifty in it? This they're doing fifty, isn't it? There's rumors that fifty might come out as a special guest, which I, I wouldn't be surprised if fifty comes out because fifty has a strong connection to M and Dre. It'd be crazy for and not- PIMP with Snoop. 
He has a lot of yeah. Right. How did they not have fifty? That's a little crazy. Probably has a song with Mary J. Blige too that I don't know about. And then and then you got to slip in Kendrick Lamar too. No way. What no do you way think Kendrick is not gonna make it? What? You don't think nothing but a G thing is gonna make it? This, Arguably, this not enough time. Not enough time. Top five song in hip hop history, in my opinion. You don't think that gets played? No. At the, at the, what about at Gin and Juice? Halftime show? No. What about Gin and Juice? At, at the Pepsi halftime show, probably not. Gin and Juice is now aligned with Pepsi. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I, I I think Gin and Juice is a long shot, but I I you gotta play nothing but a G thing. Nothing. Well, California Love with no Tupac, I still think they'll play a little bit of that. I think you gotta no. go California Love out there. You have to. You have to. Matter of fact, have Snoop do his verse. No, no, no. I just think you start out. The show with California Love, dude. Oh, that's possible. That's very then you possible. go into whatever you're gonna play, but you gotta start with that, I believe. But we're talking what five artists, right? Yeah, 15, 15 minutes of time. Is it fifteen or twenty? Because I, I think Super Bowl they give you a little bit more time. I don't know if it's a standard even fifteen. Even if it's twenty minutes, we're talking four minutes each. That's what I'm saying. Like, all right. I'm going to no say way. you get that's about four. One song may, no, no. One song, maybe two. These D'Angelo, they're not running through the full song. It's going to be about 30 seconds to a minute of each song. Like, I don't think you get the full song. That's why I think you can get about four songs from each artist. But that's why, that's why rap music don't work. 30 seconds for Dre ain't even the intro. 40 seconds. I mean, a minute, a minute. So give Dre me, songs start off slow. So what, what for, if you had to guess right now, what four Snoop songs do you think? We I do. think we're going to see way more Eminem than we see of anything else. You don't think it's going to be balanced? You think they're go they're going to go Eminem heavy <laughs> for the I, white I audience? Mean, like what? Some say he's larger, right? No, Snoop is uh, record from a recognizable standpoint. Snoop Dogg is the biggest name rapper in the world. Just from what, is, everybody knowing who he is, I'm I'm going to categorically disagree. As a Eminem, Eminem is top three all-time records sold. In no, no, music. no. I said recognizable. I'm talking about a grandmother in Iowa how knows you, who Snoop is. Highest, how are you going to be the highest seller? You know why? The most recognizable? Because Snoop is on TV with Martha Stewart. That's why Snoop is recognizable. Is they know I like, who I like everybody. Snoop. Snoop is on <laughs> mad commercials. Trust that is me. true. Snoop is, Snoop is on the list to me of one of the best professionals of all time. Him and Shaq. I, I think those two are the best ambassadors of professionalism yes. in their industry. But I think when sure. it comes to rap, I don't think there's any more recognizable artist than Snoop Dogg. He's just been mm. around for so long. Everybody knows his name. Everybody. I don't care who it is. They know who Snoop Dogg is. That's a, that's a rough estimate there, buddy. Do you think you could ask any of your family members who Snoop is and they would know? Or do you think there's somebody in your family that wouldn't know who that name is? And I'm running through the discography right now. Oh, D'Angelo, what happened? I guess he hung up. <laughs> I, I thought Yo, you were my, still on the phone. I'm like talking to myself. No, yeah, no, I had a, I had a, a, a temporary disconnect. Yeah, I was just I'm asking, back. do you think that you could ask anybody in your family who Snoop Dogg is and they would know? Or do you think there's a certain family yeah. member that wouldn't know who he is? They would know. I think everybody in my family would know. And that's sure. what I'm, but do you think they would all know who Eminem is? Uh, I do think they would know who Eminem is also. I don't think everybody in my family would know who Eminem is. So, okay. It's like that in your family? It's just, well, shady. A lot of my a lot of my family doesn't listen to rap though. Like, but they would know who Snoop is just from seeing him on TV. And by the way, Snoop also has What's My Name, 
You think that gets played? What's my what's Eminem my... name? Oh, no way. What's my how do you play that on national TV? What's my what's my name? How do you get G thing off on TV? You can get G thing like off. you can at least get the beat to G thing off. You gotta let that beat come on for some at some point. Uh, you're pushing a lot of boundaries. You know what I think we get from Snoop? TV Tommy. What about the song with him and um Pharrell? Drop it like it's hot. You think we get that? I think drop it like it's hot's a safe song. It's slow. I think we get that though, because I think that's a song that everybody knows. I, sexual seduction. I don't think we get that one. No. Although that was a great it's, one. I think Snoop's songs are going to be Dre's songs. I don't think it's going to be. Well, Dre Snoop did. Records. That's what I'm saying. Dre did G thing. Dre did Gin and Juice. Dre did yeah. all if, if, You know what? I think they would do uh, rather than. Nothing but a G thing. It'd probably be deep cover. No, you think we're getting deep cover over nothing but a G? Thing? That beat, D'Angelo, that stop beat, it. The beat, the stop. beat is better. D'Angelo, you, are you kidding me? It is are where it all started. Are you kidding me right now? It's nostalgic. It's where it all started for. D'Angelo, I can hundred percent tell you that we are not getting deep cover at the Super Bowl. There's it's no where way. it all started. There's no um, way. We might get a WA though. We might get a little at least WA the music. Straight out of Compton? I think we get straight out of Compton. Mm. Wait, and wait, you know what? What's you know what now that I think about it? Snoop Dogg. Because the SoFi Stadium is physically in Long Beach, isn't it? Or is it Inglewood? No, Inglewood. Inglewood always Which up to no Long good? Beach? Nothing. Which one's <laughs> one of them the Chargers. What did the Chargers play? No, they are they play at the same stadium. They share the stadium with the Rams. SoFi. It's in Inglewood. I thought they played a different stadium. I mm-hmm. kind of they shared a stadium. They both. That was the agreement to the Chargers moving there. They were going to get to share that stadium. I thought one of them. No, in the beginning in... they played in the soccer stadium until their stadium was done. Maybe that was in Long Beach, but the SoFi is in um, Inglewood. Huh. I'm gonna tell you another song we're getting. We're getting Mary J. Blige uh, "Family Affair." Let's get it started. Oh. That's a Dre beat. That's absolutely getting played. Mm. You don't think we're getting that? I don't know, man. What, I'm, I'm, what are we getting from Mary? What are we getting from Mary? I don't think we're getting... Um, Let's get it started on the... That's what I just whatever. said. Yeah, that's... No, that's not... No. That's a Dr. No, 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 Dre no, no. beat. We have to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way you said it, you were singing a Black Eyed Peas song. No, I said, let's get it started. I don't know the words, so I was you, mumbling. You sang the... You sang Black Eyed Peas. No, I was not singing Black Eyed I didn't know the words properly, so I didn't want to mess it up. But I think we're getting that, and I think we're getting the... Uh, for sure. That, that's all for sure. I'm just fine, then they go, fine, fine. They're going to hobble Mary's ass out of there out of that. No, no, we're getting the fine song that they play everywhere. <laughs> you know that song I'm talking about? No. What song? Fine, 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 fine. Ooh. We're getting that song. Man. I forgot the name of it. That's why I don't know Mary's catalog that well to know the names of this, but. That's sad. We're you getting, you that. know that. They play that song everywhere. So then what? So what do they, so what do they get out of, out of Kendrick Lamar then? Of course, um, he's going to have to say something about police brutality, right? In mm, California. Kendrick, you're getting, um, you might get DNA. You might get DNA. And you, I think Kendrick dropped something new, and I think this is going to be a rollout to a Kendrick album coming out. So I think he'll get a new song off. Oh, so he headlines? He comes on last? No, no, not headlines, but I just think he'll 
he'll do something we've never heard. Who, who closes the show, him or Shady? Dre. Dre. No way. No way. You gotta close I with think Dre. Dre. I Snoop? think Dre might open. I think Dre might open the show. Wow. You, well, first of all, Dre is gonna be the most of the show because they're all gonna be playing stuff that's his beats. Yes. But I think specifically his music, like uh, his records, are opening the show. I don't see how you don't close it with um, Snoop in California. Like I love him, but I don't think you close with him in Cali. Yeah, but Kendrick Lamar's the future, right? Oh, or Kendrick, he... yeah, Kendrick could probably close it. Kendrick could probably. I don't. Kendrick has a lot, but a lot. Kendrick doesn't have a lot of like radio poppy like pop songs. But... No, none of you know. That's why I say this is going to be the greatest ever. So back to your question, the answer is going to be no. There's Kendrick, no though, way. That last album Kendrick dropped. I don't think dropped, there's no way they, they, top, they top Bruno Mars. I don't know, all. bro. When you're in Cali, I just think it's going to ring different. And I think we're not thinking of a lot of songs that will probably be played that we're going to be like, whoa, I forgot about that. And I forgot about that. Like, oh, for sure. I'm surprised they didn't... I, aren't they a part of? Isn't Dre a part of Silk Sonic too? We're not. We better not get that. They better not play Silk Sonic. You don't like the, You don't like Silk Sonic? It's not for the halftime show. It's not. No. Are you kidding me? I need them to turn up. Oh! I need to turn up for wow. halftime. Wow. I don't want like R and B. I don't want to be R and B'd out. Even with Mary, oh, I want to hear but, her up. But you're okay with Mary? No, but Mary has up tempo R and B. <laughs> Family Affair is a little up-tempo And the one I'm talking about that you say you don't know The biggest song she has I can't remember the name of it I was trying to sing it but you didn't understand it What's up bro? You been getting involved in the, in the sports books at all? No, I've been doing more stocks nah. Stocks is like my way of doing gambling <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, right not, now it's not good I so You go, one of the people that jumped on the crypto on the crypto bus? No, nah, I don't do crypto I do stuff that I know about I, I'm I'm a very uh, safe, not super safe, but I don't I don't just jump on a wave because somebody's talking about it. I have to believe in it. How you feel about your Facebook falling apart? What's wrong with my Facebook? They killing me on Facebook. There? Facebook. Oh, you don't use Facebook. Facebook I'm coming back in March. Falling apart. Oh yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I don't have their stock. <laughs> Thank God. I had a yeah. um I had an ETF that had some Facebook in it, but I got rid of it. So explain to me the story of why you jump off of the socials like that. <laughs> basically i i'm 38 i was 37 back then or what i don't even know how old i was maybe 36 but i was just trying to focus and get my life prepared for the future i didn't like where i was at and by stepping away i was just able to see things i feel like i have like lebron court vision where i'm seeing things better d'angelo i don't know what's going on in that kitchen right now <laughs> Listen, we are. I'm busy. You, I'm I, call, you call it a, a busy time. I know. I'm powering through, but <laughs> I'm basically just trying to get myself prepared for like the future in life. And I feel like by getting, I feel like social media distracts me. And I, there's a lot of stuff I miss out on, or I don't even think about because I'm on social media. But when you step away from that stuff, you'll see the world differently. And I think that's what happened to me. A lot has changed in my life. I got a new job. I started investing. I stopped wasting money on dates. Like it was just a lot of beneficial stuff that probably wouldn't have happened if I'm still on social media, but I'm coming back in March. Why come back then? If it's done so much good. 
because I miss, I just miss talking to like certain people that I don't really talk to outside of social media. And then also there's a lot of stuff that I don't find out if I'm not on social media. Like I found out one of my friends had passed away recently and that, that was something that was, uh, only would have been found out on Facebook. Luckily somebody had texted me and told me, but you miss stuff like that. Cause nowadays you get those announcements on Facebook. Somebody gets married, somebody passes away. Like that's stuff you need social media for. Cause that's where everybody gives you the information. So just to stay in the loop of what's going on in the world, I don't need to be on there as much as I used to be, but check in like maybe once a week, twice a week. But I'm also like reading more books now. I'm trying to get into that. So I just don't have the same urge to be on social media all the time anymore. And it's just so much negativity in the world. Sometimes I want to disconnect from everything going on. Are you there? You were, you, you, you were, king, you were, king, you were king drama though. When your housewife shows, are you off that too? I have not watched a lot of uh, reality TV lately. I'm, oh, you have, you did take a complete one eighty there. I mean, I, I watch a lot of YouTube, but I just I haven't been on the reality stuff lately. I thought for sure you would be on the ninety day fiance thing. I've watched a couple that, episodes. That is so far. Before. That's so far up your alley. It's crazy. I've seen it. I've seen it, but it's not like in my regular rotation. <laughs> um. Real quick, though, before I let you go, because I do need to call my other friend. But what do you think about the whole Brian Flores thing? Hmm. So I haven't followed that very closely. But from what I saw, he's been bashing the NFL based on their lack of minority owners and coaches. Right. Did you see what the Texans did? No. So the Texans, it, it was like a rumor that the Texans were ready to hire Josh McCown. And then when the whole Brian Flores thing comes out, they had interviewed Flores, but they didn't hire him. But what they end up doing is promoting Lovey Smith from defensive coordinator to now head coach after they just fired the coach who Lovey Smith was under. <laughs> so it's like that coach wasn't good enough to lead the team, but his assistants are good enough to stay. And everybody thinks it's because of the Brian Flores thing and they're scared. So they didn't go with McCown because it would have looked terrible. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Lovey does have head coach experience. He does, but... It was a, it was like a, it wasn't a secret that they wanted McCown, and then for them, to, <laughs> for them to go hire somebody who was already on the staff and take this long just to hire an internal candidate, it's like clearly you guys are just doing this so you don't get looked at crazy because you could have hired Lovey a long time ago. Right. You know, I I kind of sit on the fence about that stuff because I mean a, a part of me is like you know. You had the job. You could have changed things. All you got to do is win, right? No, he won. And he he was 10-7 this year. They were, the Dolphins? Yes. They were good this mean? year. <laughs> That's why they everybody was the, like, they, they didn't they make, make the playoffs, playoffs, but he's had two winning no. seasons the past two seasons. Mm. They, they were either 10-7 and seven or 9-8, and eight, but they were above 500. Nevertheless. I mean, he gets fired and then he starts criticizing the league. I, that just... It just looks bad. I mean, well, no, he's probably gonna never coach again or be a head coach because yeah. I mean, what do you? I kind of feel like you know this. This is a warfare. You're, you're asking people who are basically buying an asset, right? It's like it's, you you bought a stack, you you bought a stock, and then all of a sudden you're saying, "I need to. You need to change the way y'all operate." Like you just bought, you just bought them. Like, but do you I think this? You're not gonna tell me what to do. Right? You think it's a That's little? I would see it. You don't think it was wild that a league that had the Rooney Rule 
and only the, had and the one Dolphins black were coach. Nine, the Dolphins are nine and eight. There's only one. No, game but I'm over saying 500. after the Flores le- got fired, there was only one coach, one black head coach in the NFL before um, this hire today with Lovey, and that was Mike Tomlin. So yes, the, Mike Tomlin. That, that kind of right. points to a some type of problem, right? Diversity wise. Does it? When you only have one black coach and you have this Rooney rule that's not helping, like Eric Bieniemy still doesn't have a job as a head coach. So, what if I told you of something that you bought that you couldn't do what you wanted to do with it? Is it okay? That's think, the part that's. I get what you're part saying. That's difficult for me. No, no, but I get I get that. But my whole thing is. Don't not only don't, did they buy these things, but they're paying a lot. They pay a lot of money. Listen, it's billions of dollars for a franchise nowadays, ain't it? So, but and you didn't need to. I'm just saying, don't pander to us. Then don't even tell me you're gonna do a Rooney rule if you want to just do it your way. Don't tell oh, us that. I agree with. Don't that I agree like, with. You know, don't act like it's gonna be one way if you're not gonna do it that way. You know, that that part I agree with. But I mean, to force somebody to do something with something that they pay for, right? That's a rough. That's a rough road for me. I, I don't mean, think nobody's forcing. They're the ones that came up with this whole. We're gonna interview two minority coaches, and you get extra yeah, draft picks. They were the ones who were trying to incentivize this. Not us. So I mean, you know what? You know what? I also run into, uh, and I see this a lot in my in my role uh, where I work, is that they want to hire more minorities. However, we don't have a lot of minorities that apply. So therefore, they're always going to look like they're not hiring minorities, right? So. Is that saying there's no black coaches? No, there's definitely black coaches somewhere, but is there enough to satisfy the people's urge? I don't know. I How mean, many do you know of? Like I said, Eric Bieniemy should have been a coach by now. Sure, that, that's the most egregious one to me. I mean, you could say that you could say the same thing about uh, old girl in San Antonio. She I got a one million dollar deal with the WNBA. Yeah, but I think she's good enough to be an NBA coach. Blazers interviewed her. Even what though happened? we didn't hire her, but they went with Chauncey. Yeah, what, what, what happened? I, well, I'm gonna tell you what happened with that one. Chauncey was only hired by the Blazers because our general manager worked with him um, before. They were like he was cool with the GM, the old GM. So that was like a I'm gonna hire my friend type thing. And right. now that GM is gone. So who knows? Maybe it would have went different this time. But I thought Chauncey was the right hire there. I like Becky. I mean, but I thought I think. A young guy that can relate to these, a young African American coach that can relate to the players that are that look like him. I thought that was a good hire, and I think that's what we need stuff like that in the NFL. So who who are the like? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I said, that's a that's a tough road. I don't know what it takes to become a coach. And I mean, you saw the the I Giants. Can't, I can't even say. I mean, just to put because. You know, to put a person in that place just because they're that race, then what? what? That's just like that's just like right now we have a, a Supreme Court justice that stepped down, right? He retired. Yeah. And Joe Biden and Joe Biden comes out and says, I'm gonna definitely hire a black American female. Yeah. Right? Now, is it a good thing that he's doing that? Absolutely. But now it's gonna seem like she only got picked because she was an African American woman, not because she was qualified. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I've looked at the you know candidates and they all look qualified. The ones he's talked about, the three that he's talked about. They all look like they're qualified. For that. They do. They all look qualified. Yes, and I'm sure they probably are. But the but the fact that he said I'm going to choose African American woman makes it seem like that's the only reason why she's getting chosen. I think that's part. That's part of the reason because if you look at the Supreme Court judges, like we don't have much. Well, we have Clarence Thomas. We don't have much in there. So he wants to like balance it out a little bit. Yeah. Well, 
He shouldn't have said that because then it didn't, then she could have got in and qualified. He just shouldn't have just did it without saying it, right? Well, I think he was I put think, under so much pressure by like a lot of Democrats that he just was like, right. Yeah. And and I think and that that's the same way that you brought up the whole thing about Lovey, right? Is it that Lovely is qualified to do the job, or did he get picked because he was black, right? And they didn't want to. Oh, he got picked because he was black. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But he's so, qualified too. Yeah, but now now you can't say that, right? Now they're just saying they just didn't want to go with the optics of choosing. But uh, do you know McCown's you know, background? McCown. He's never coached like legitimately anywhere. He's been like an. Ass- I don't even know if he was an assistant. Like his role was not. He doesn't even have the qualifications of what they would consider being qualified in the NFL. Well, I mean, why would they hire him? Because he's why a hot he name. Okay? He's just a hot name. Like everybody's been talking about him being a coach since he retired. Remember, he just retired from the NFL like a year or two ago. I think, you know, Byron Leftwich, I think he should be on the short list. Leftwich interviewed with the Jags and told them he would not go work for Trent Balky. He wanted to bring Adrian Wilson, who I guess is a president or GM with the Cards, the Cardinals, and they said no, so they didn't hire him. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, I think that's a tough road. And I think it's specifically because when you start declaring, yeah, well, we're going to hire these person because he's black. Actually, it makes it seem like it makes it seem like we're not qualified. It just seems like they're only picking us because we're black. I don't even think Josh McCown had a legit job anywhere. I think he was just a coach at like a high school. Or something. I'm not seeing much college or any coaching when I'm looking at his um, information. How many uh, African-American coordinators are there in, in the NFL right now? That I don't know. But there's quite a few. I know Mike Tomlin's been facing a little bit of heat because they're like, yo, you've been a it's coach in staff, Pittsburgh. The damn band is white, right. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you've never hired a black coordinator, but I think it's a good chance he's about to hire a defensive coordinator that's black. Ter- Terrell so, Austin. So so then so then this was another this is another thing. If we have no black coordinators, no, no, we have black coordinators. Black- we have black coordinators. Um Anthony Lynn was the offensive coordinator with the Lions. I think he's about to go be a coordinator with um who was it? The Raiders, I think. Okay, so he's, he's losing a ba- he's leaving a bad team. He's right? going so somewhere he to be a coordinator. Yeah, no, San Fran. Okay. He's going to San Fran because uh, Shanahan likes him. Okay, Shanahan likes him, sure. But I mean, so the one that so he's a coordinator on a bad team. Does that qualify him to be head coach? Bianami right? has been the offensive coordinator for Kansas City for like four or the last four or five years. With okay, the, the success there. So he should be a head coach. He yes. should be. Then the question is, does he want to be a head coach? Yes, Maybe like he's been role. interviewing. Maybe. He's been interviewing for he just interviewed for the Saints job that went to somebody else. Mm, that's unfortunate. Everybody's been talking about being him. He's the one that everybody talks about the most because they're like every year. It's like, how is he still not a coach? The Giants hired the Patriots special teams coach a couple oh. years ago, and he's already fired. <laughs> well, then it's the problem. Yes, it is a problem. But what are you gonna do about it? That's what I'm saying. It's like if you guys want to address it, let's address it. But don't don't say that you're putting these rules in place and then ignore them like just say hey we're gonna do it our way if that's what you want to do i respect it more if they be honest about it you, you, you would you do respect it more if they're honest they about their, they met, if they're if they honest just like bump bump brothers if you're honest about your racism i'm gonna respect you a little bit more than if you're hiding it because at least i know what it is i don't have to like oh why why are they acting like this no we know what it is Right. I'm not gonna like it, but at least I'm gonna be like, yo, they're not they're they're at least telling us how they feel. Right. Um I think that was all I had for you. Is there anything else you wanna say? That was this was like impromptu, no. so I didn't even have any like 
specific topics. Yeah, I, yeah, I had no idea you was even calling today. Yeah, I'm trying I to get a little be, podcast be better out. prepared. No, I was just trying to get a little a little episode out before the Super Bowl because um I'm thinking I'm gonna start recording on Mondays now, but I held off right. from recording yesterday because I was like I feel like CJ's gonna get traded and I need to wait so I can react. So of course it happened because I held out. It worked out well, but I will get you back on for we'll we'll, we'll have another conversation about something. Um, I have to give you some topics and then we can come back on and discuss. Cause I feel like I um hit you up during dinner time or something this time, so we'll we'll do it next time uh, at your usual eleven uh, p.m. hours that you like to talk. I think I lost D'Angelo. Okay, I lost him. Let me call him just to say goodbye. Cause apparently I keep talking to myself. I think D'Angelo's talking. And he's just his wife might have made him Hello? get off the phone. Did did your wife make you get off the phone? What happened? No, you keep hanging up. I'm not hanging up. I don't know. All right, maybe my phone's messing up. But I was just saying that I'll have to call you another time when it's not like dinner time and we can talk, you know, maybe at your usual 11 p.m. that you like to talk. Yeah, that's what's up. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and giving your insight. And next time I'll give you some topics and we'll come and we'll discuss and, you know, we'll have a good banter. All right, that's that's what's up. I'm but down. um, hey, if that nothing but a G thing plays, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna text you right when it plays. <laughs> I'll be waiting for it. All right, I'll talk to you later, right. man. No doubt. All right, peace. No. All right, that was D'Angelo. Very impromptu conversation. I did not expect us to talk that long, but that's usually how it goes when I call D'Angelo. We have a long conversation. My apologies if there was any background noise, but like I said, like he said, I called him when he wasn't expecting it. It sounded like they were getting ready for dinner. So, you know, you had some kids in the background. It was a little noisy, but we powered through. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. I'm going to call one more person because this person says I never call him. I'm going to call my friend Jackie. Jackie's been saying he wants to be on this show for so long. Call him. Get a little Super Bowl prediction. What up, man? Hey, are you busy? Nope. I, all right. I have you on the podcast because you said I never call and get you on. So you're on right now. All right. Well, that's a good text me first and let me know, but I appreciate it. We do surprise calls over here, man. It's just a little, uh, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to call and I wanted to get your Super Bowl prediction. I just talked to my friend D'Angelo and we had a long conversation that we talked about a whole bunch of stuff, but actually, yeah, I want to get your Super Bowl prediction. And then I want, I want you to give me like the halftime prediction of what songs you think will be played. Cause me and D'Angelo just had a fierce debate on that. He told me nothing but a G thing won't be played. I told him it has to be played. Uh, I think it should be played. I don't know that it will be, but I, I don't see the, the NFL letting that happen. And if it does, it'll be like some washed out version of it that, I mean. I told him we won't get no, like, gin and juice, but we'll get nothing but a G thing. Yeah, I'm about to say, purists like you will, you know, hear it and, you know, you'll, you'll appreciate it. But the, the average listener that's not familiar with that song won't hear it in its truest form. I don't need the words. I just need the. <laughs> I just need that. I need the beat. Just give me the beat and I'll be happy. That's fair. That's what I'm saying. Purists like you would know it and like enjoy it, but anybody else that's not like uh, into music the way you are may not yeah. get to enjoy it the way you will. I think California people will enjoy it. Yeah, of course, because California I think, everything. I, I think it rings off in Cali. I just I don't understand Mary J being there. Like I don't have whoa a problem with whoa her being there. whoa. Oh no no wait 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 wait. I don't have a problem with her being there. She just has nothing to do with California, and it's like a California. Um, have you heard Family Affair? Uh, yes. That is produced by Dr. Dre. That'll work. That's fair. 
<laughs> but I mean, you could, you could make that argument for anybody, really, in the last 20 years that has a song produced by Dr. Dre. That's all you need. You need a Dre beat uh, with Dre there? That works. Mary works. I mean, I kind of, I, I, again, I understand why Eminem is there more because, you know, the whole Dre connection. But at the same time, he's not from Cal. I feel like it should have been a Cali artist heavy uh, rotation as opposed to just people that have ties to anybody really in hip hop and even R&B has some ties to, to Dr. Dre in the last 20 years. I mean, well, yeah, Kendrick has Dre beats. I was going to say Kendrick that me and D'Angelo is trying to figure out what we're going to get from Kendrick. I think we might get a new song and he's going to like roll out a, his album telling us he has an album coming, but I don't know what, what Kendrick songs are really getting played. That's fair. I, yeah, I don't know what's going to be suitable for a Super Bowl from Kendrick, uh, unless it's something that's real uh, mainstream. I told him we get, I think we get DNA from him. I think we'll get DNA. Okay. Um, maybe something off of the first album, but I'm not. Oh, we'll get We Gonna Be All Right. I think We Gonna Be All Right. That was a big song from him. If, if I'm being honest, though, I'm, I'm not excited about this halftime show. At You're all. not? Just, wow. Me and D'Angelo, I asked him if he thinks it could be the greatest ever. He said no. I agree. I think we said Bruno Mars was up there. Beyonce's yeah. up there. Them two together is up there. Michael right. Jackson, of course. You had Prince. So, I mean, there's a lot to live up right. to, but I do think this will be a really good halftime show. I think, I mean, we're, we're excited. Well, I think you and I, you know, people that listen to that, those genres of music are excited. But I think, you know, when you couple it with the NFL, whether Jay-Z, you know, has some production say or not. Oh, I definitely. Think but I'm saying when you couple anything with the NFL period, it's just it's not the same. The NFL, uh, in my opinion, is just not a it's a it's a business at the end of the day, and they run their business the way they want to run yeah. it, and it's just not it's not uh, a positive one in my opinion. Oh wow, oh Jackie, Jackie's still standing with Cap. I mean, look, I'm with Kaepernick too. I mean, I, I did give in and start watching the NFL again, but <laughs> I am for Kaepernick. I I do like that he has a a documentary coming out with Spike Lee that is being produced by Spike Lee. I'm looking forward to that. I think ESPN is part of it, too. So I'm not trying to have any hot takes, right? Because I know you can call me for a Super Bowl prediction. Dude, you can say, no, no, no. It's keeping it real with Jerry Lawrence. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> like, I'm not restricted but yet. Here, here's a couple of problems that I have with with the NFL in the last, let's, let's say, the last week, right? So mm -hmm. Flores, I think his name is the coach from Miami. Uh, yeah, I just talked to D'Angelo yeah. about that. We had a, a little banter on that one. We disagreed. <laughs> trying to see the NFL, right? And I, and I get it. I get where he's coming from giving black coaches more opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. At what point do black people stop begging for a seat at the table, though? Like, we got to get more owners instead of coaches. And again, I, you got to start somewhere. I get it. Coaches got to start somewhere. But we got to get more owners as opposed to coaches. And getting I think, coaches like, I think that's where Jay-Z comes in. I think Jay-Z is position, positioning himself to be an owner, and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets some type of ownership stake in the Broncos coming up. That could very well happen. And I think that's, that's where we need to start, right? Because when you have black coaches, Rooney rule or not, that are, for lack of better terms, begging for a seat at the table, yeah. like Eric Bianami. What, what I, I know, I know there's a Rooney rule, but what's, what's the, what's the rules on it? Is it like 10% of the coaches? I don't know. What, mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but let's, the Rooney rule is this. The Rooney rule originally was that you had to, ha you had to interview at least one minority candidate. And that, right. That was because of the Steelers. They interviewed Mike Tomlin back in the day, and I don't know how much you remember this, but Mike Tomlin wasn't supposed to get that job. That job was supposed to go to either Ken Wisenhunt or Russ Grimm. Those were the two top assistants under Bill Cowher after Bill Cowher retired. 
But because of right. the Rooney rule, they interviewed Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin ended and up it, blowing them away in the interview to the point it was like, we have to hire him. He wasn't even our top choice, but now we have to hire him because he's that good. And that's right. that's when everybody started paying attention to the Rooney rule and being like, okay, that's why we do it. But in over the years, it's kind of not held up to that. And then the NFL's tried to incentivize it recently of saying, okay, now you have to interview at least two minority candidates. I think one has to be black. And if you hire somebody that's minority, you get like a, a draft pick somewhere. And it still hasn't helped. So that's why people are mad. Well, it's because it's like, well, in 2022, and even though I know this is the, the rumor was started a long time ago, that's like giving us scraps, right? Like all they're doing is saying you have to hire, you have to interview, not even hire, you have to interview. So people are just checking boxes. All right, let's bring a black coach in. He probably has no chance of getting a job, but let's bring a black coach in so we can say that we, you and know, that's, up to the Rooney. That's why Flores is suing the NFL because it's like the Giants interviewed him, but reportedly he's saying they had already picked their coach. So he's like, y'all didn't even follow the Rooney rule. You had already decided who to hire, and then you want to interview me. And then here's my other problem, right? So um, I think we could all agree, don't quote me any of these numbers, because so these numbers are, are obviously not factual because I don't know them. The NFL, when it comes to players, are, are is 80 to 85% or higher, right? Mostly black players or people of color, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, it's, it's a high percentage. And then I know the other day, uh, uh, I forgot his name, uh, the safety for the Chiefs was saying, you know, he supports Flores. Ty- Tyron Matthew. There you go. He wants to support uh, Flores and black coaches, giving them opportunities. The same thing with uh, Garrett, the dude from the Browns, Miles right? Garrett. Supporting, right? But this is all lip service to me, right? If we just said that the NFL is like 85% black, and I get it. I'm not rich. I'm not in their positions. I can't. I mean, it's easy for me to say because I don't have that type of money. I don't have a lifestyle that I need to, to maintain. But if all the black players or players of color, right, said, hey, you know what? Until there's some more diversity in these coaching jobs, we're going to sit out. They'll sit out to get more millions for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But let's, if they all said, like, hey, we're going to sit out until there's some more diversity in the, in the coaching hiring or, you know, even the process is made different, made better. The NFL would have to do something because then there'd be nobody to put on the field. <laughs> You'd have people like Lamar Jackson sitting out. You'd have, um, well, depends, <laughs> depends yeah. on, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, You'd yeah, have yeah. all these prominent black players that are making all these owners all this money sitting out. And if they're sitting out, they're willing to sit out for a year to fatten their own pockets, and they want to be in support of these coaches, and they want these black coaches or coaches of color to have an opportunity, the players got to do something about it. But again, I, I get it. I'm not filthy rich, so they all have lifestyles they have to maintain. But I feel like if you can sit out for a year to help yourself, you can sit out for X amount of games because it wouldn't be a whole year, right? The NFL wouldn't survive if all the black players or players of color sat out uh, any amount of games. Think about it. I'm like, going to tell you why I don't think that's feasible. Um, the fair. first thing is that when I think about that, I compare it to like somebody working a regular job too. Like the same way we expect them to do that. The people at like McDonald's or somebody who wants more pay or better benefits could say the same thing. But when you look at it, a lot of people aren't willing to make that sacrifice. But I think the biggest right. thing with the NFL is that I don't think all those players got it. Like we think, I don't think all those no, players no, are smart enough with their money that they have enough saved up that they could even last more than maybe a few months. And even if they do, it's only certain players. It's only like, let's say 5% of the players are making super millions. Not even what you're making. I just don't think a lot of them are good at money management. I think that's why we always see a lot of athletes go broke after they retire. 
Yeah, so it's twofold, right? Most of the league is not making what Lamar Jackson's making. The average player on an NFL team is probably making, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to give out a random number. Let's say probably, I think the veteran minimum is somewhere between like 700000 and a million. Right. So, I mean, that's not some change to us, but to them, you know, the amount of time it takes to fly over the place, all the things. That's So I get it that a lot of these players are not making that type of money. So then maybe it should just be some of the, the really prominent black players. Again, it, there's a whole, there's a way, though, is my point, right? No, there's definitely start, a way. There's definitely a way. Once you start the NFL's bottom line when it comes to money, um, there's a way to affect change. And suing the NFL is great. You, you'll get money for it. And I'm not saying he shouldn't sue. Again, that's the, his choice on how he wants to do it. Um, I just don't see it making a, a, a big deal. So, like, if you look now, I think the Texans hired Lovey Smith. Uh, yeah, why, we talked about right? that, about how... They hired Lovey Smith, but they really wanted to hire Josh McCown, who has no experience. But there was so much backlash because of the Flores thing. They were like probably thinking we can't get we can't hire McCown and make this justifiable. So they end up hiring right. Lovey Smith, who was the defensive coordinator on the team that you just fired the coach from because you didn't think the coach was doing a good enough job. But you're gonna keep one of his assistants and make him the head coach when you just fired the coach for thinking he didn't do a good enough job. So that one you can tell they did it because they were scared. And we all know that that defense wasn't that great for Lovey Smith to get the job, right? No. But here's not. the other thing about that: you're going to have all, maybe some Lovey Smith being one of them coaches, black coaches getting hired on teams that are they're going to be set up for failure, and they're going to be like, all right, well, it's been a year. Well, we're going to fire you because you went two and fifteen. That was the well, joke I look- saw. Yeah, they said that this is only being done so they can set Lovey up to do bad, so they can end up hiring McCown, who they really want. Right, because you're like, look, we gave him a chance, and he's not good. And then I think they're going to put a lot of these black coaches on these terrible teams and be like, all right, well, you have you have a year to, to change the whole thing. And that's just not reasonable. It takes, you know, they give quarterbacks three to five years, really, to learn the system and do all the things. But you got coaches getting fired. At the end of the day, you know what? Uh, I think I think I might have heard this on one a, a separate episode of yours or somewhere. I just I feel bad for some of these guys, but at the same time, I don't. Once you once you're making that much money, yeah. <laughs> once you make it. Funny man, um, they're going through struggles just like we are uh, on a different level when it comes to, to racism and, and you know all the things that, that uh, the society goes through. But when you're making that much money, it's hard for me to really be like, man, you're struggling out here, right? When you're doing okay for yourself, man. You know, yeah, but you're also, yourself, you got to think man. about when the coaches get fired. A lot of times, it's not just the coach; like those assistants lose jobs too, and some yeah. of them are not making a lot. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Most of them aren't making nearly what half of what the coach is making so you're absolutely right i know it's, it's, it's a big picture but but i see what uh, you're saying as a head coach yeah if, if i got fired i would be happy because i'm getting free money it's like when i got when i got fired from my mapping job they gave me a little bit of money to get fired i'm like i'll take it <laughs> like, i'm good with that yeah i just i mean i just feel like uh there's a there's a real issue to be addressed um flores is doing it the way he thinks is best and i'm, I'm not against it i just feel like this approach has been taken before. I mean, he got Lovey a job. Be- he got Lovey a job by doing this. <laughs> That's fair. He said Lovey up for failure, though. It's really what happened. That's true. Um, yeah. and, and realistically, at the end of the day, like it's, it's putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound that's gushing blood. Let's put a, uh, you know, a finger-sized Band-Aid on it and look like it's going to stop bleeding. But it's, it's not going to have long-term change, long-term effect. And that's because of the way our society is, right? It's a very... Right now, society. This is the big news this week, maybe next week, in a month, before training camp. No one's going to be talking about this anymore, and we're going to move on to something else. Something yeah. the Cowboys didn't do, or a Raider getting arrested again, or 
something else is going to happen and, and we'll move on from this and then the season will go on. And, and that's the other thing too, as fans, right? Black fans, people, fans of color. Uh, if we stop supporting the NFL as much as we do, because we support, it, you know, but yeah. again, no, no one's willing. a lot of people just aren't willing to sacrifice, do what it takes. Uh, everybody has lip service. Everybody can talk about it, but not a lot of people are willing to do anything, you know? Uh, and that's, to me, that's where we're going to be in this. But it's tough because I also see it from the player standpoint where they're like, well, if you guys stop supporting, that affects us too. Like, we're not making money either. And it's like, it's like if I stop going to McDonald's, yeah, I can affect McDonald's, but I might affect the person who's making $14 an hour too who needs that money, which I was surprised at McDonald's in Titusville advertising $14 an hour. I thought that was actually pretty solid over there, but there's people who need that money too and you might you're affecting them too so it's a, it is tough when you take that type of a stand and right. i can see both but sides I, of it i think even though even if you're affecting that employee that's making 14 dollars an hour right like it's short term everybody has to sacrifice and again it's easy for me to say because i'm not in these positions right I, i'm not in the nfl I, I don't work at mcdonald's and i'm not i just don't think $14. a lot of people do good do enough are good enough with their savings that they can afford to take these type of stands like me I could probably afford not to work for a few months, man, maybe like a half a year or something like that and be okay. But I don't think right. most Americans are set up like that. Like, most Americans are living check to check. True. But I'm saying my, my, my point is, is really that, you know, everybody would have to struggle a little, but if it's going to make long-term lasting effects, that's kind of what has to happen. You know what I'm saying? But oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think it's a society where we're going to ever do that. Um, I mean, either I'm, until things get yeah. really, really, really bad or – it's just going to be, uh, it's just not, to me, it's just not going to happen just because of, of the society we live in. It. Things change. People forget about this. Like I said, anything that happens is like a right now. What's the next, you know, topic that we could talk about in, in three to five days or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so crazy, too, because I'm reading a Martin Luther King book right now. It's called Where Do We Go From Here? And, it, and the, basically this whole book is about how he thinks we could get, like, the, economic, the economy right. And he's given the blueprint and a lot of the stuff he was saying back then is the same stuff we're still saying today. Like, we got to be united. We got to stick together. Like, he's right. just, it's the same stuff. And we've been having, it's just crazy to think. Like, we've had these same problems that we don't have that unity. And it's been going on for, what, 60 years now? And it's like, man, when right. will we ever get on the same page? We're having the same problems that have existed throughout time, even all the way back to slavery. It's the same problem. It's just different. It's, it's presented to us differently. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, uh, all the, the 13th Amendment, I think you might have talked about this before, too. The 13th Amendment is the continuation of slavery, oh, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so does the slavery still exist? Officially, no. But there's all these things in place that slavery still pretty much exists. It's just presented in a different format. And either we're not smart enough to see it as colored people or we just don't care enough because we don't want to do anything to affect real change. I saw an interesting video on CNBC's YouTube uh, like a week or two ago talking about like private prisons and all that. And it was a little interesting because it did, it showed how some of them use the money. And I, I will say there are private prisons out there that probably have more opportunity for the prisoners to learn and rehabilitate. But they were basically, I guess the point CNBC was making was most of them are not run like that. Most of them are not treating their prisoners like that. Whereas the government ones might be less dangerous and all that. I don't know. It was very interesting, but I do see some, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not for private prison, but there are some of them that have programs out there that are doing, 
I don't want to say good because you're in there for a reason, but they are doing, they're, they're trying to rehabilitate. And it was a very interesting right. video on that. If you guys want to check it out on CNBC, a little insight. I, I think I don't, I don't have all the, the information. So again, uh, hopefully no one's holding me this or going to judge me for some of the things that I say. I think prisons are, are ran like businesses. It's all about income, a, a bottom line again. It's oh, not yeah. About well, yeah, yeah. That's, other than that's what they were saying on the CNBC. But basically what they, the reason they were saying that they are private prisons is because the government run, run prisons were being overwhelmed and the government wasn't staying on top of them. So they started giving the money out to the private prison saying, here, you guys handle this because we don't have right. time. And that's how it all started. And that's the argument the private prisons are making. They're like, oh, we're, we're doing a better job than the government. That's why we deserve to stay open. But I just feel like the government well, should have probably put more money towards hiring the necessary people to like make sure their prisons were ran right. I don't think it should ever well, become private, privatized. Realistically, the root of that problem is the government needs to stop locking people up for so long. Well, that, that too, yeah. Crime. Locking people for weed. <laughs> right. Here, here's, here's 23 years because you had, you know, four grams of weed seven times. I mean, granted, you should, you should probably be smart enough to stop, you know, getting yeah. caught up in that situation. But at the end of the day, you don't need to be in jail that long for when there's, you know, real crimes, real life things going on. People are getting killed, like cops doing all the things that they're doing and getting off. And, you know, why are they? Whatever. You already know where I'm going with this. You, you see my point, though. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, Look, I've worked at the most Blue Lives Matter place I could have worked at. I've I've seen it all. The Turnpike was Blue Lives Matter Central. I I, I bet. I bet. Anything to do with... uh, Everybody in that office had one of those Blue Lives Matter flags somewhere. Like whether it was a phone case on their desk. Yes, they had that everywhere. I seen... Like I was... So I saw... But it did help me see like both sides. I mean, police are put in dangerous situations sometimes. Like, So I can see why they are cautious and scared in the way they are approaching people. But I also seen situations where it was like, you're treating this person different because they're black. Like it, it was, I, it opened my eyes to a lot. Again, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I have a lot of not hot takes, but unpopular opinions. Right. So I get at the end of the day, cops are people, right. Death is final. Like, there's no coming back from it, but just like society as a whole, looks at black people as they're dangerous and they cross the streets because, you know, on the same side as black people, they clutch their purse a little tighter. Uh, we need to be looking at cops the same way. They're not all bad, but I mean, look at their track record yeah. overall, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And not every cop, I, I, I'm not going to say every cop is bad, but just like every black person is not bad. You don't need to clutch your purse. If I walk by you on the sidewalk, you don't need to be, you know, I will change, say change. It, it is different at night though. Being a cop, like when you're pulling somebody over, during the day versus at night, it's probably they're a little right. more scared at night, and that's probably why they're they're a little like they 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 got the hand on the gun walking up to the car because they just they're pr- protecting themselves in case something happens. But you shouldn't but automatically it, it, be ready to sh- like you shouldn't be shooting unless you're feeling threatened. But I can understand them having the hand on the gun. My my only problem with that comment is not that you're not wrong about it, but my only problem with that comment is that's not happening in white neighborhoods. It's not happening in the neighborhood that I that I currently live in, which is a predominantly black neighborhood. It's probably a middle class neighborhood, right? But if I get pulled over by a cop here, uh, they're not walking up to my window with their gun on their, their hand on their gun. That's true. That's true. And just because you know, but they also run your tag too. Like they know who they're pulling over a lot of times before they pull you over. Ex- exactly why. But let's be honest. So they're they're putting their hand on their gun based on the neighborhood, not based on what they run their tag on. If, if we're being completely honest, or at least that's my opinion. I, I could be wrong again. I'm not a cop. Yeah. I, I can see that point, but there's also, what do we say about the cops that have been ambushed? Like I gotta, I gotta like 
give them a, a, a fair – I got to be fair to both sides because, I mean, we've seen what recently in Harlem, two cops got ambushed and shot going upstairs to an apartment for domestic violence. Uh, I remember back in Dallas when like five or six of them were ambushed. So I can see yeah. why they're timid in situations in our, our – not like – I don't want to say they're proactive but reactive, I guess. Like I can see why you're clutching the gun. But I don't see right. you don't need to pull it out. Right. And again, I don't know. I think it, it might go back to training again. It seems like I might have an answer for things, but I don't because I'm not in that situation. Right. I'm not a cop. I don't have to go into a building for domestic violence and go upstairs. But I think if you're going into a building for domestic violence, obviously, that means there's some type of aggression going that you're walking into a situation that where there's some type of aggression. You should probably check, you know, how are we supposed to clear hallways? Yeah, I don't know. how. Yeah, they got shot from the. I guess the guy came out of the bedroom and shot them while they were talking to the lady. Just a very right. sad situation there, but I don't know yeah, the again, proper I, training of how they were supposed to do that or if they did the right thing or what. But I can right. see I'm their sure side in certain situations. Right, there's definitely clearing procedures for clearing a, a space to make sure that it's safe before you enter. I don't know if they're always doing that. I don't know if they did that in this case. It doesn't matter. Either. At the end of the day, like I said. All cops aren't bad. I get it. Um, and, and death is final. Um, but the reason why cops have this super bad um, outlook towards them is because of the things that they've done. Um, yeah, but and, I, I also you know, think we got to change the way of thinking when it comes to that. Because, like, honestly, the same way we say that about them, they're saying that about, about black people. Like, well, look at the crimes yeah. that are committed. And that's why we see them this way. And I feel like if we say that about them, we're both like we're never going to get to a solution because we're both going to keep having that negative about those negative feelings about each other. You're absolutely right. And the, the, only, the other thing, too, is, though, the, the things that they say about black people, other races are doing as well. And I say other races. I'm yeah. talking about people not of color. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I can't project. You can't project what all of society is doing, all the negative things society is doing on one group of people, meaning people of color. Right. So there's white people doing the same crimes that black people are doing. There's Hispanic people committing the same crimes, not saying that, you know, people of color are just automatically. I I think I'm starting to see it a little different. Like, whereas before I used to think most cops were bad. Now I don't think most, I think there's a percentage, but I don't think, I think it's under 50, maybe in the twenties, thirties, but I don't, I don't see it as a whole thing now where I'm like, all of them are bad. Like there are bad cops out there, but I think, Right. As I've grown up and looked at things a little bit more fairly, I'm, I'm like, you know what? It's probably not as much as we think. And that's why I don't really say police as a whole now. I'll, I'll talk about like individual things, but I'm not like saying, oh, I hate all the cops. I hate the cops. Like they're all bad. No, I th- there's bad ones out there, but it's the same way I want them to see us. Like, yeah, they're bad black people out there. There's bad white people out there, but you shouldn't just generalize it. And I think that's what we got to get to as a country where we don't generalize the police. We don't generalize the black people. We don't generalize white people like it's just there's certain ones i agree with that like 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 i'm saying i don't think all cops are bad i don't think the majority of cops wake up in the morning and say hey i'm gonna go be a not good cop right i'm, I'm sure there's a majority of them that are go out are trying to do good in their communities and doing the right thing um but i think the problem becomes when a lot of the things that they're doing that are are bad end up with death i think that's where it becomes such a big issue yeah. And I feel bad for them because imagine like if I'm a cop and I'm like the nicest cop out there, I'm treating everybody great. And then somebody else, another cop goes and kills somebody. And I'm just like, damn it, man, he done ruined it. Now everybody's going to hate me too. Like, Right. Yeah. It, it, it's a tough situation for everybody. But 
Um, you know, with that, that group text we're talking about, I'm not sure if you, I know you're having some, some uh, problems trying to be in. I don't know if I'm in the right one, man. I mean, I, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. Realistically though, man, like all these problems are, are simple, simple, simply fixed. At least if everybody would just focus on legitimately being a good person, there would be a whole lot less of all the things that go on in society today. And it sounds so simple, but it's just not not what's really going on in life. I so just think it's years have, of bad yeah. habits. Also, yeah, very true. It's hard but to change again, bad habits over the years. It is. And it starts from, you know, years and years ago, not just as you, your habits. Just some of your habits were taught to you. And, you know, I know your mom. I, I'm not saying she intentionally taught you anything bad, but just from what she grew up with, like, you know, some of, the, some of her experiences. And then, you know, my mom, some of the things she taught me might have been, you know, not the best or don't translate well to now because, Things change. Life changes, right? And and a lot of times we don't change with it because we get stuck in our own ways. And that's everybody, not just white people, black people, anybody. It's just yeah. like that, that happens. Yeah, it's it's going to be like, I think they're on the way to erasing some of that. But I also think the way the society is now, too, is I don't think people are just looking or trying to be objective in the way they see things either. I think a lot of people are stuck in their ways a lot of people believe certain things and they're not trying to like see it from the other side and i was like that too and like i said i worked at the turnpike and that that did allow me to see things differently because i'm watching cameras all day and i'm seeing police stops and i'm seeing i'm listening to the radio and i'm seeing how easy it is for somebody to get the police called on them like that's something people don't realize either it's like somebody can just say you look suspicious and they're on the radios telling them your license plate and stuff and they're and the police are rolling up on you and then you don't even know that the police are looking for you. So when they roll up on you all aggressively, you're like, wait, what's going on? And that's sometimes why people look like they're resisting, but they're not. The, 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 the best way I can say it is if I, told, when I tell people, how would you feel if you're just driving down the street or walking down the street and a cop comes up to you and tells you you're under arrest? Who's willingly just going to be like, all right, here, cuff me. I'm ready to go. Or who's going to have some questions? Like, and I don't think people realize that when they're like, oh, why didn't you just comply? Sometimes you're not even expecting it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, it's going to take a lot for things to change and I just don't see it happening. And we talked about oh, some of the reason, yeah. but that's why the I other said, thing yeah. too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think the other thing people are, people just live a very, um, I say selfish lifestyle, right? If it doesn't affect them, their immediate, them, whatever they got going on in their life in the immediate, you know, time frame that they have, it's like people can't see past their nose, right? If it doesn't affect them right now, they're not really worried about it. If it doesn't, affect their bottom line when it comes to money. That's everybody. I think everybody's, I won't say, you know, money is so important to everybody, but everybody, I mean, money is so valued that everybody needs it, that it's like, it's all that matters, whether you know it or not, right? Everybody's trying to make money. Everybody wants more money. Everybody's trying to do everything they can to get money. And if, if money maybe wasn't so valued, there'd be, I don't know. I just feel like everybody lives a very selfish lifestyle and probably me included, right? I, I try not to be, I try to make efforts not to be, but I'm sure I do as well, right? And it goes back to like simple, simple things. Like when you see people driving, like right? you, somebody will cut you off to get to a red light. Like we're all going to the same red light. Like what's the point of? I don't know. I was listening you know, to a uh, brilliant idiots one time, and they were talking about that. And they said, they said, man, I never thought about it, but when somebody's driving aggressive or something, like you never know where they're going. Like they could be trying to get to the hospital to see like their parent who's just been in an accident or somebody's dying. Like so, it's like sometimes I just be- let them go. And that's how I am now yeah. for the most part. If somebody's driving aggressive behind me, I, a lot of times I'll just pull over. I let them go, man. I'm like, all right, go ahead. You got it. 
yeah, I'm I'm never really in a rush to get anywhere, so I let people go too. But I'm saying those type of situations is why traffic happens. Like people don't use a zipper effect when you're getting on the highway. Oh, like, I, you know I saw crashes every day. I, I know how this stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like simple stuff like that. If, if you know, you just let somebody go and then you go and the next person goes, it'd be less traffic, at least less aggravation, less frustration, less. Let me tell you about something about driving. All it takes is one slow driver on the highway to cause so much um, congestion and just accidents by just going slow. I think you should get a ticket for driving slow. Oh, trust me. When I worked at the turnpike, uh, we used to get calls about people driving slow. What we would have to do is we'd have to follow them on the camera and talk to the FHP and tell them, hey, they're over here and we'd have to like follow. I follow people from like 30, 40 miles going slow until the trooper was able to get to them and pull them over for going slow. Like it's some wild stuff out there that you don't even realize goes on until like you're really just watching. You know, I get like uh, if you do 20 miles over the reckless driving, if you're doing like 10 miles under, it should be like, <laughs> if you're driving too, you should go. To- our rule, um, at least on the turnpike is that you had, you had to be going at least 50, but even 50 is like ridiculous. But as long as you were going 50, they couldn't, they couldn't pull you over. But if you're going like 40 and the cop gets behind you and he can tell you're going for it, he'll pull you over. But we get calls sometimes somebody's going like 50, 55, and I'm looking I'm like, I can't do anything about that one. <laughs> like, that's, that's legal technically, but it's dangerous. Like, there's accidents that are caused by somebody going slow, and people don't even realize that. Yeah, it, it is. I don't, I don't get it. Like I said, I think anything under 10 miles under, anything 10 miles under the speed limit should be reckless driving should go to jail. Yeah, I agree. Well, I don't know about jail. <laughs> I don't know about jail. No, but, but, no, but you, you'll, go, you'll go to jail for 20 miles over. That's reckless driving. You'll go to that's jail. that Virginia stuff, man. If I go to jail for that in Florida. <laughs> oh, man, not in Florida. You get a ticket, man. They, they could go to jail, though. And I think in every state, 20 miles, uh, anything reckless, uh, reckless driving, you, you can go to jail. I think, I think you'd really have to a- piss the trooper off in Florida to go to jail over that. Because I know <laughs> many people who've gotten, t- I've gotten a ticket for going 20 over. It, no, nah, I wasn't twenty. I was like fifteen, but it wasn't. It wasn't it's, jail. It was like a two fifty dollar, two hundred fifty dollar ticket, though. It's been a long time since I've driven in Florida. So, Florida is like the wild, wild west, man. You can get away with so much here, even on the like turnpike. I we talked to the troopers because they would come in our office all the time. They're like, "Look, we'll give you ten. We'll give you ten over. We're not pulling you over." Some of them be like, "I give you fifteen. But like, if you're like, if you're just ODing with it, like ninety and a seventy, they're like, you're doing a bit much. But most troopers would give you eighty on a seventy. I'll take it. I got pulled over the other day for for my tent being too dark, and I was like, "That's a, like a." You probably had a nice car, and they were like, "We need a reason to pull him over." Exactly, because I wasn't going over the speed limit. Well, let me rephrase. Sorry, the speed limit was forty. I was doing forty three. Um, uh, my tent is super dark. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I do have Florida plates, not Virginia plates. So I was like, "Well, he doesn't know Florida law. What he pulled me over for?" My tags were good. Obviously, I got insurance, all the things. I'm I'm legal, legit. You had a pull nice car. And they probably thought you were a drug dealer. So I was like, let's pull him over, buy some time, right. run the tag to see what, what he got going on, and then maybe we can arrest him. But then once they found out they couldn't. He, he broke into the car. He made me put all the windows down. Then he thought I was in a suit because I was coming from work. And he was like, oh, well, I pulled you over because your tent's too dark. Um, let me see your, your uh, driver's license and insurance. And I showed it to him. He's like, okay, uh, you know, I'm not going to make you remove your tent, but too dark. Uh, I'll let you get back to where you're going because I had a suit on, so you figured out, I guess yeah. you figured I was going somewhere. But I was getting off of work, so I was like, "Thanks for pulling me over for no reason whatsoever." Yeah, a lot of times they just want to pull you over to buy time while you're while someone else runs your plate because they got to call it in. At least in Florida, they call it into the dispatch center. Dispatcher has to run the plate, so they, a lot of times right. they're just trying to buy some time. 
But they don't want to keep well, following you either because it's like they get annoyed like having to follow you a long time too. I, I was a little annoyed that he pulled me over because I knew that I wasn't doing anything wrong. But like you said earlier, I was like, well, I'm going to see what he wants, be as compliant as possible. Um, and, you know, it was a stop without any conflict, but it was just kind of unnecessary in my opinion. But I'm not a cop, so I don't know the struggles they go through. I don't know what their, you know, what their day-to-day, you know, things that they see that like, this is curious to me. I need to figure out what's going on with this car. I figure if I'm driving fast and or you see a bunch of smoke coming out the car or whatever and it's the windows are thin, you can't see inside, okay, well then let me see what's going on. But if you're doing the speed limit, my tags are good, mm, I wouldn't pull somebody over for that. That's just me, but I'm not a cop. So The best advice I could give somebody is just like a lot of times when the police are behind you, drive normal. Because a lot of times they're coming behind you because somebody's probably, not, not every time, but there's times where you, somebody's called you, they've called them about you. And they right. can't pull you over until they see you doing whatever the person complained about. So if somebody's like, oh, this person's driving reckless or they're speeding, but then you see a cop behind you just drive normal, and they can't pull you over unless they observed it themselves. They'll, they'll follow you for like a few miles, and then they'll just give up after a while if they don't see you doing nothing. I learned that working at the turnpike, too. Yeah, I don't have that problem because I don't – I never – like I always give myself – Yeah, you just have the nice – you have the nice car problem. That's, you know, that's a black problem. Well – Whatever. I, I don't, it's just a car at the end of the day. It's not a Maserati. It's not a Lamborghini. It's just a regular car. But I, I mean, I give myself enough time to get where I need to go. I'm never late. I just don't like to be late. I don't like to rush. So when you say drive normal, it's like, I'm always doing that. I want to go fast. What, what neighborhood road. were you in though? Were you in like a nice neighborhood or were you in like a lower income neighborhood? Uh, it's, it's probably not one of the greatest neighborhoods, but it's not terrible. I was driving through St. Pleasant on my way home from DC. So because a lot of times you got a nice car in a certain neighborhood, they're gonna be like, "Why is he here? Like, what's what's going on?" So that could be another reason why they're trying to. I was I was on a I was on our main street, like a it's called Central Avenue because it literally goes from um, oh. a part of Maryland through DC uh, all the way over to Virginia. So it's a pretty main street. Obviously, certain parts of it are different. Uh, yeah, different different than others. But my point is, I, I drive pretty normal all the time, and then when I want to go fast or do not illegal things, but want to go fast and get on a motorcycle. So I don't really have that problem with people, cops pull me over for not driving normal or, you know, people calling the cops and saying, hey, we see this car doing X, Y, and Z because I don't do those things Man. anymore. I'm not, yeah. they not just... a bad driver like I Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I remember how you used to drive, man. Oof. And then, don't judge me. I was young. <laughs> but, yeah, the cops a lot of times are just looking for reasons. My favorite, and you can find this on YouTube, in Orlando one time they pulled over this, like, nice car with a black lady driving. And it ended up being the state attorney. <laughs> and she's like, what was the reason for pulling me over? And they couldn't explain it. And then she, like, she knew everything to say. She was like, I need your badge numbers, blah, blah, blah. Like, she just sunned them. It was, it's a great video. It's on YouTube. State right. attorney uh, Iris Ayala, I think that's her name, from Florida. Yeah, I always see, like, these YouTube videos where people get pulled over and they ask all the right questions and do all the things. And I'm just like, to me, that just upsets the cop even more, though. Oh, no, no. Once she told them I'm the state attorney, they froze up. They're like, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, we thought you were, we thought it was something that, like, we, they start trying to make excuses. They didn't have a legit excuse for pulling her over. And once she told them who she was, they froze up. It's so funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the state attorney card to pull, so. Yeah, but you're up there in D.C. Like, you guys, I feel like y'all no. got cards y'all can pull. Nah, I don't. I'm a regular dude, man. Reg- regular old regular. Okay. <laughs> Hey, are you coming down? You got to come down for Darren's birthday a couple weeks, man. We're going out. You didn't tell me when. What, did, did, I did, or tell, did you you. tell you. February 19th. Probably, we're going out. That's right. You did tell me. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, wait. No, no, no. I can't. February 19th, I'll be at work. Oh, well, that sucks. You, you're not that regular that, that we thought then, huh? You'll be at work on February 19th. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I gotta. Yeah, I, I understand. Gotta work. Look, I understand. I understand. I had to, I had to work like I, that before, where I couldn't go out certain days too. But yeah, we're going out on the, on the ni- no wait, is it the nineteenth? Yeah, the nineteenth Saturday before uh, President's Day weekend. I can go when I come back. I'll be out of the country for work, and then I come back on the twentieth. Oh, well, only, I, this is a one night affair, Jackie. <laughs> just a, oh, well, just a one I thought, night. I thought we're doing, nah, she only does like a, a one night, a one night going out, get some drinks, hang out. That's fair. I actually haven't all even right, drank well, all year. This will be like my first time drinking again. Well, they were clowning me in the, in the group text for not drinking, so I could be the DD as always. Oh, yeah. I, I usually start the year off by not drinking. I know you don't drink, period, but I usually will start it off January, February, sometime in February. I come back. <laughs> I mean, and I, then by February. Feel like I'm over it. Let's get let's get some of these. No, nah, it's just like I'm only because it's her birthday, and I'm like, well, this sounds like a good time to to have a drink. Like you know, I don't I don't want to go the whole year. I've gone the whole year before without drinking, but I'm a social drinker. I'm not like an everyday, not even an every week. It's just more like social events. But I like to start the year off clear headed, and I feel like I you know I feel really good right now uh, where I'm at mentally. So not drinking does help, but I don't mind having a drink every now. I'm not even drinking for the Super Bowl this weekend. I'm gonna wait till Darius's birthday. That's fair. What's uh what's this episode about in general? Um, I started out, and I guess you could talk about this too. I started out with a little farewell, CJ, CJ McCollum, because that was my favorite player in the Blazers. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, man, it hurt. I I have a CJ McCollum jersey. Like I was telling the story about when he got drafted. I was in like Gastonia, North Carolina, and I was watching the draft, and I was excited. I wanted us to draft him, and we drafted him. He like he's legit, my favorite player on the Blazers. He's top three favorite Blazer of all time, behind Brandon Roy and Andre Miller. I know everybody says Dame Dame, but CJ was like more of my style, just a low key dude, no tattoos, no piercings. Like he just like is kind of like reminds me of myself. Like in his game, his game wasn't like flashy, but it got the job done. He was just a crafty guy, kind of like an Andre Miller but a little bit more skilled, but just crafty. I just loved everything about him. But I knew we had to make the trade because he didn't really fit alongside Dame. We figured that out. Like, it just doesn't work. Now, what we got back, I don't know. Did we get fleeced? I don't know. That's the part I'm still trying to figure out. Right. That's what I'm saying. You traded one of your better players, and I get, you know, the compatibility issues with Dame, but you didn't get much back for him, in my opinion. But, again, I don't know some of these new guys. Well, the way the GM is the interim GM, he's not even our official GM. He's he's trying to get the job, which I don't know if this is helping, but they're letting him make these moves as the interim, so he must probably have a good chance of getting the job. But the way he's explaining it is um, we are trying to get under cap. Like, we're going to have the luxury tax, so that's why we made that trade to the Clippers last week with Robert Covington and Norman Powell, and we didn't get a lot back there. We got Keon Johnson, Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe back there, and I think a second-rounder. Then the CJ but trade, here. we got rid of um, we got rid of what's his name salary, uh, Larry Nance, CJ who was making like yeah. 30, 33 million a year. That was a big salary to get rid of Larry Nance Jr. Okay. And then we got rid of uh, Tony Snell, who everybody hates. I don't have a problem with him, but we also got a first round pick back, and I think that's the one where everybody's like, okay, this might be something because isn't it a twenty twenty seven first round or something like that? No, no, it's, it's twenty twenty two. As long as it's okay. between pick five and fourteen. Okay. So we have a good chance so, of getting that plus our first rounder that we had traded to the Bulls to get Larry Nance. Um, okay. When we had got Larry Nance back, it was a three-team deal. We sent Derek Jones in the first rounder to the Bulls, and Larry Nance came back from the Cavs. 
we got that. We gave the Bulls a first round pick there, but it's lottery protected. So as long as we're we miss the playoffs, we keep that pick. So that's why the tank job is in effect right now. I'm about to say because that's where you're headed. Because as long as Dame's sitting out and CJ's gone, y'all these new guys. Yeah, it's very calculated. Young. It's calculated. Yeah. So here's here's what I'm hearing. Then Portland is banking on getting two first round picks and being under the salary cap because you're not going to get a big free agent. Well, we're going to have like they're claiming we're going to have 60 million, I guess, to spend. But that's on the who? problem. We it, it's we've had trouble getting free agents to come to Portland. That's the problem. Right, I'm like, Portland. Yeah. Portland's a I mean, beautiful place. I love Portland. I don't know. Oh, it is. The thing is, it is. Everybody hates on Portland, like in the NBA. But once they get traded there, they end up loving Portland. It's just like you got to yeah, spend no, some time there. That area is is amazing, but you, it's not a big market for for sports. It's not a big market. For, you know, they're not on TV that often. It's just not a, a big market. I'm not saying you can't. I think the market's overrated at this point because you can do what, like, you can market yourself on social media and stuff. You don't really need the TV market as much as you did in the 90s. Yeah. But I mean, like, you see, San Antonio's not a big market and they pull free agents somehow. Yeah, it's possible. But I do do think Chauncey will help. I think Chauncey's one of those coaches that players are going to like playing for. I think the older guys that we've traded out probably were not buying into what he was trying to sell because Chauncey wants hustle and he wants defense. And I think a lot of these guys. At that age, we're probably not, you know, they were a little bit more relaxed. I think he's going to get that out of younger guys because he can mold them into what he wants them to be. Well, because you're a Portland fan, I, I wish them the best. I hope they I hope they make some moves and uh, do better than they have in the last couple of years because it's been rough for I you will as a Portland fan. Yeah, and, but at this point, I don't know if you looked at our roster. We have three, and I'm being generous here with three big men. We have Nurkic. And then we have two rookies. One is 6'9", and one is 6'8". And they are more like small forward power forwards. That is our big men right now. So I do not think we're done making moves. There is a rumor Nurk might get traded to Toronto or Charlotte, which at that point, I'm like, we got to get a big man. Like, I don't understand. We do have Cody Zeller, but he's out till like April. So I'm not even counting him. But I don't understand how we've made these last two trades and not got a single big man back in the deal. That's the part I'm... I mean, if you turn to Toronto, who are you going to get back from Toronto? That's a I big don't know. Fan. I don't know. That's why I'm like, what are we doing? The GM, yeah. I understand the cap thing, but dude, get a center back or something. A power forward. We have no big men. We played a Magic tonight, and I'm like, this is the battle of the tank because we shouldn't even be – we shouldn't win, but the Magic are trying so hard not to win either. We probably will win. But I do think well, Anthony, Ma- Anthony Simons is the future for us. Well, the Magic should never be trying to tank because they should be trying to win all their games and they're still not going to win, is my point. So just keep playing as hard as you can. You're still not going to win. The Magic are not a good team. They're not. But we we have the New Orleans guys that are not here yet. So, and then we have um, that we got back. Eric Bledsoe is hurt right now, apparently, which I think is just, they're just saying that because they're trying to find a way to like either get rid of him, buy him out, trade him. So I don't think he's ever going to suit up. We have, um, Keon Johnson, the guy we got, I guess he's a rookie from the Clippers. Now, he's intriguing. He's like 6'5", 46-inch vertical. He might be something down the road, but he's out for a few more weeks. Then all these guys we just got from New Orleans are not eligible probably to play tonight unless somehow they got their physicals done. Who knows how that works? So I'm just looking at We might only have like seven or eight players available against the Magic tonight. Uh, that's, yeah, it's, it's not looking good. Uh, I think you guys could win anyway. The Magic's aren't a good team. Um, going back to New Orleans, though, to send CJ to New Orleans to me was like a slap in the face to him after what he's yeah. done for Portland. They could trade, they at least trade him to a decent team. 
I thought the uh, Knicks would have been good for him, but I guess the Knicks probably weren't giving us what we were asking for. And the Knicks have like 47 guards, though. Like no, but they got the big is- men. I would have took Mitchell Robinson and Obi Toppin. Like, come on, give me somebody like that. I like Obi Toppin as a player. I don't think he's that. He's not that skilled, though. His Shout skill out to Obi. Level is- he's from Florida too. I don't know if he, well, he's born in New York, but apparently he used to live in Palm Bay. One of the dudes that I worked with at the Turnpike said his sister dated him in middle school. I still don't think he's that skilled, though. You don't think he's skilled? He's an athletic player. He's an athletic big man. He's a get some rebounds, play some defense. Uh, he plays pretty hard, hustles pretty, pretty, pretty solid through the whole game. Not very skilled. And uh, with McCollum going down to New Orleans, like Zion's career is pretty much over. Um, oh, yeah, just- please, 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 please. I've been waiting to get you on here so you could talk about that. How you think Zion's done? Because you you've had that hot take for a while, and I wanted you to say it on here. So please let that Zion hot take go. Let it out. What? You said his career is over. I just want you to explain why you saying his career is over. Because you told me you texted me this a while ago, and I said I got to get you on the show to so, say this. He is super athletic, a freak when it comes to athleticism. That's not ever been in question. He's not that skilled. His head ball handling is not that great. Uh, he's not a great passer. He doesn't play defense. He's a middle-of-the-road rebounder because he's very athletic, but he doesn't have, like, the drive to go get the ball all the time for his size. And he's undersized for a big man because uh, he kind of plays a big man. He doesn't have much of a jump shot. Uh, he doesn't have much back-to-the-basket moves, skill set. So besides his athleticism, what else does he have? And then on top of that, his weight. He just can't, he can't, can't manage his weight or he has not. He has not managed weight. I'm not saying he can't. He has not managed his weight uh, for his first three years in the, in the NBA. So it, what, it, what's yeah, his body looks like it's already breaking down, and that's not good right. at, at that age. But I don't right. think he's, he's what, done. He's, I don't think he's what, over. I'm not going to say that. I think if he, I think if he if he uses the time that he's off right now, I don't know. I don't know if you know what the injury is because like, there's a um, knee. Knee. It's still the knee. Oh no, it was okay, the foot. So was it the foot? I think it was his foot. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's his foot. Extra. But he went to Portland right. to rehab, and they were like making fun of him because they're like, "You don't send somebody there with all the voodoo donuts." I think Barkley was saying that. I think if he uses this time to, I'll give you a, a, a example from history, right? So remember when Blake Griffin first came in the league? Yep. Super yep. athletic, jumped out the gym, could touch the top of the backboard and stand on if he wanted to. That that dude was amazing athletically. Not so skilled either. But remember that first year he broke his wrist, I think it was, and he had to sit out. Mm-hmm. And during that time. He honed his game a little bit he more. His knee, no, it was his knee. Blake had a knee issue. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't remember what it, but he, he worked on his game, his skill, mm-hmm. during the time that he was off, right? And he came back, and he still was super athletic, just mostly relying on his athleticism, but his skill level keeps getting better every year. Like, yep. I have not seen Zion's skill level get any better from high school to Duke to his first year or whatever, however many games he played his first year. He hasn't honestly played enough in the NBA for me to even talk about, like, his skill development because I haven't seen enough of him. Yeah, that's true. But even at Duke, like, he relies heavily on his athleticism, which is what young players do, right? But if you can't keep your weight down to get your your legs and your ankles and whatever else is going on with him straight, he's going to be a great, a solid role player one day then, maybe, at, at best. Like, but the superstar that they expected him to be, that's not going to last much longer because he's not going to be athletic forever. Mm-hmm. Like, Blake Griffin's game has to change, right? He shoots jump shots Blake now. He can dribble the injuries have taken a toll. I, I don't even notice him anymore. Right, right, yeah. But, I mean, uh, Drew he's still, time, uh, he's still skilled, though. He can still shoot the, the, the mid-range. He can handle the right. ball. Like, he's, 
he has the skills to make up for the lack of athleticism, but he's never going to be where he was. Like he's like, it's on the decline. Right, right, right. Exactly. But I mean, that's the thing though. Blake was smart enough, or somebody was, you know, smart enough to tell him, "Look, this athleticism is not going to last forever. You better work on your skill set." And I feel like he did, and he was able to prolong his career. Like you said, he's not the same Blake Griffin. He sits on the bench for the the net, but when he gets in the game, he's effective for whatever they need him to do. Get three rebounds. He should have came to Portland. Points. We tried to get him. He didn't want to come to Portland. He would have played in Portland. But does he really want to play at this point? I feel like no. But before he went to the Nets, he wanted to play. Well, maybe he wanted a championship, but he would have got yeah. an opportunity to play with us at least because we were letting everybody. We let Carmelo and all them play, and I'm kind of glad we let Melo go because. Now the Lakers can have fun with all that, and you see that team is just average. I, I just don't like Melo because his game never evolved. His, his game has always been catch the ball, dribble too much, yep. turn and face you, try to back down the smaller players. Melo's a scorer, but he's, his game has just never evolved into something different. And it, it, yeah. when the ball goes, it dies. It, it, it dies. It doesn't go anywhere else. And then you have people just standing around watching, and that's yep. not good. He killed the development of like our young guys when we had him because nobody was – Getting there, nobody was able to work on their game when we had Melo. So that was the reason why I was like, "All right, go to LA. We're happy to I let think you with, go." With the Lakers, though, he's playing a little bit better because now he's like catching shoots. Yeah, I and think, you know, I, everybody hates Westbrook now, so it takes the pressure off of anybody else who's not. I don't even well, know how Melo's I, doing because all I hear about is Westbrook. I've been saying this about Westbrook for years, and no one listened to me because he plays with such a high motor all the time, and that's desirable. And I'm not saying he shouldn't, but Westbrook is. It's his motor is what has kept him in the conversation of one of the, the best players in the league. He doesn't, still doesn't have a jump shot. Nope. Um, he's going to go to the hole like a madman, but that's part of his aggression, which you don't want to take that from him because that's, that's what you need sometimes. But he, he's not a great – well, he has great passing moments. So he's, he's an all right passer. He's a great rebounder, obviously, for a point guard. But it, he, the type of game he plays is like if you score on him, he wants to come back down and score on you right away. And that's – not good when your point guard is trying to come back back down and score on you right away. That's not like get the team involved. I also don't I, think I just, he fits I, with LeBron. He doesn't fit with anybody. If you think about it, he didn't do so no, great with KD. On the Wizards, he, great with he was good on the Wizards, but he got greedy and wanted to go to LA. He should have stayed on the Wizards because he looked decent there. They went to the playoffs. Like that was a great situation for him last year. But if you think about it, he's only good when he's a man and the only other really good player on the team. But like, the Wizards wouldn't so, let him have that. Right. Well, no, what I'm saying, when, when KD left and Harden left and all the other kind of bigger names left OKC, that's when he was playing amazing, right? Because yep. he was the man on that team. He has to be the man on the team for his game to translate well. And he, he wanted to leave his there. Per- right. And his personality just doesn't – he classes with everybody. He's like – Even if it's your – Yeah. You know what he has? I think he's suffering from what Dwight Howard had, where you're in Orlando, you're the man. They're running the the team. The offense is ran through you. Like they're giving you what you want, and you want you're still not satisfied, and you want to go somewhere else because you think it's gonna be better, and it's not. And as Westbrook, ever since he's left OKC, he it, he's yeah. been traded and traded and traded. Like they don't appreciate you like OKC did. You should have stayed there. Well, I mean, I if I guess I, again, I don't know what his his motivations were, but if he left OKC to win a championship. Then that was I the don't think that's happening either. I don't think he's getting a chance. Yeah, yeah, but, but he had no chance in OKC, though. Like His chances were better on the Lakers, even though they're not so great. They're better on the Lakers because LeBron could carry them, AD could carry them, but they just all have been on the court. I don't think it's a good team. Like The way it's constructed, the way their offense is. Like, what does Westbrook do if he doesn't have the ball? You know, that's why he gets lost. Well, once what OKC is, is, got rid of everybody, 
And it was like, I think, did Westbrook stay? I don't know. I can't remember if he stayed for like a season after like they traded Paul George and Steven Adams and, or was he gone too? But it was just funny how Chris Paul came in there and like instantly made them like a good team with the, with the right. pieces they had that weren't even that great. Because Chris, Chris, Chris Paul's a real point guard. Yeah. Which the he Lakers probably should have got him. You know, when Chris Paul was like available and nobody wanted him because they said his salary was too high. That's when the Lakers should have swooped in and like found a way to get him. When uh, yeah, Phoenix, but- when Phoenix ended up swooping in and getting him, once they realized, oh, he can make OKC good, but before they knew he could make OKC good, he probably could have been had. Because I remember that offseason they were talking about like, oh, Miami might get him, but nobody wants to pay that salary. It would have been worth it. If you think about it, Chris Paul's never really had like a bad season, like an off season. Like no, he's, he's just always. <laughs> But even, but he, even when he gets hurt, he doesn't get hurt fucking entire season. It's usually in the playoffs yeah. when they need him the most, which, yeah. <laughs> which is terrible for the playoffs. But but he's never really had like a bad season because he's very consistent. He knows what he's good at and he does it. He gets to his his mid range jump shots. He's expanded his three. Like he's one of the better three point shooters. Obviously, he's not going to really shoot off the dribble. He's not going to step back like Steph or all those other things. But if you, you catch and shoot type three, he's going to knock those down. He can shoot it off the dribble, like you know, uh, walk into it. Um, he's great mid range, obviously a great passer, always played great defense. So he's been consistent through his whole career. And I guess at some point, maybe because of how he played in, in, uh, Houston, they looked at him a little different, but his role in Houston was different. James Harden had the ball in his hand and I hate the way James Harden plays, but (laughs) he had the ball in his hand all the time. So he didn't have to do anything. I didn't realize how good Phoenix was. I just saw their record today. I'm like, they only have 10 losses. They're like 43 and 10 or something like, yeah, it's ridiculous. They're beating teams, like, handily, too. Yeah, they whooped us, but, I mean, everybody whoops us. I went to the Golden uh, State-Phoenix game on Christmas Day in Phoenix, and they played a great game. So they're going to be – the only thing that, like, you have to think about or worry about with them – granted, they went to the finals last year – is can the youth do it again once they get to the playoffs, right? When things slow down, the game's not – you know, you're not preparing for a one-game situation once you get to the playoffs. Can they do it again? And I think, you know, with Chris Paul leading the way they can, it's just. I hope they can. I do want to see Chris Paul get a ring before his career is over. Like, I was rooting for him. It was so funny. I was rooting for him last year. But it was like, by the end of it, I was rooting for the Bucks. It was so weird. I went into it rooting for the Suns. But then at the end, I was like, oh, I want the Bucks to win. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's kind of how I was, too. Like, I want to see Chris Paul get one because he's been around forever. He's been a solid guard his whole career. Um, but then when I started thinking, like, man, Giannis is only – you know, 26 or however old he is, you know, nobody paid any attention to him when he was with, uh, first got to the bus. He was like, long look, we kid. passed on him to get CJ, but I'm still, you know, I'm a CJ guy, so I'm not even mad at it, but we did pass on him in that draft. Yeah, but I mean, you, you can't, you don't know for sure that he would have played the same game in Portland either, right? That's the other thing too, like, people play, nah, like, Stotts, you don't know. What Stotts would have ruined him. Develop- huh? Terry Stotts would have ruined him. Like he has, uh, Stotts don't play no rookies. Dame and CJ are like the only young guys he's ever given a chance. I feel like he didn't have a choice though. They didn't have any other guards, really. Who else did they have? No, uh, no. Matthew. Let me tell you how dumb we are with CJ. We drafted CJ, and we didn't have any confidence in him, so we ended up trading Denver, a first round pick, and I think we gave him Will Barton and some other stuff just to get Aaron Aflalo back who ended up not even doing good and ended up losing his starting job in the playoffs to CJ. That's the type of stuff we yeah, were doing back know. then because we didn't trust our young why, guys. I don't know why anybody was down on CJ McCollum. In college, he was a monster. 
He, was, just, he was like a second year. Like I said, he was a second year guy. Terry Stotts did not like playing our young guys. Like, like I just said, we traded Will Barton, who ended up becoming like a good six man in the NBA. And we gave up a first round pick just to get Aaron Aflalo, who flamed out in Portland. Does Will Barton still even play in the league? Yes. He's still doing good in Denver. I thought he, oh no, Will Barton. I'm thinking of uh, Moutier. Oh, Will Barton give you about 15 a game. No, no, but I was thinking of Emmanuel Moutier, who also played in Denver at one point, right? Yeah, he was drafted by them. Who actually, yeah, we had Moutier on our summer league team. <laughs> I don't think he still plays in the league, though. Nah, but, he didn't get a. We ended up getting Dennis Smith Jr. over him for our team. I, honestly, man, like, in my opinion, the skill set overall across the NBA is pretty lackluster. And it's mostly because these, these guys go to college for a year. I get coming to the NBA to get the money. I get it. I'm not going to ever say anybody shouldn't come after a year, but they're just not ready skill set wise, right? Like to before, like to come out of high school or do a one year at college, you had to be really good, like skill set, everything. You had to be yeah. top of the top. Now you have to be able to jump out the gym and play some defense. And all right, well, we'll work with you. Yeah, and I agree. So that, but that's why I like Chauncey. Yeah, the NBA game in general is just. This is not a good brand of basketball anymore. Chauncey's in a throwback opinion. coach. I think Chauncey's going to start getting those fundamentals out of our players or developing them with our guys. That's why I said it's not bad to get rid of some of the older guys because they're stuck in how they want to play. But I think Chauncey's going to get these young guys to start playing how he wants them to play. We might see them looking that, like the Pistons. I just hope that Portland gives him the opportunity, right, to rebuild. Not just like, oh, well, you had a losing season this year. You had a losing season next year. All right, we're going to. I don't think we'll do that. Unless. I mean, the only worry I would say is Paul Allen, who passed away, who was our owner, co-founder of Microsoft with Bill Gates, his sister yep. is now the owner. And I don't know how much she cares about basketball, but she owns the Blazers <laughs> and the Seahawks now. So if she sells the team and we get new ownership, who knows what happens with the direction. But I think as long as we have the right. current front office, I think Chauncey's safe. And I think uh, this yeah, team think will be better next year. I think they'll be back in the playoffs contention next year. Yeah, I think as long as they give him an opportunity, like you said, he's he's one of those like old school type players that will coach the same way. I think that's why um, Monty Williams under you know when oh he was wasn't God. he coach. We had Monty right. as an assistant in Portland before he went to New Orleans. Man, we just be letting dudes go. We had Monty, <laughs> we had Ime Udoka who coaches the Celtics. I nope. think yeah. I don't know if he was an assistant, yeah. but he played for us. Like. Man, but Monty, we should have kept Monty. But Monty, I mean, New Orleans got rid of Monty. That's what you see how that franchise is being run. Well, that wasn't his fault either. Anthony Davis was set out the whole. No, year I'm saying, but play. the fact they fire like somebody who's that good of a coach, like they don't give, they didn't even give Monty a chance there. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Portland better give Phillips a chance if they want to see any return on oh, yeah. what he can do. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope. I mean, I, I will say I read like the little message boards, and these guys are kind of negative on him, but I believe in Chauncey. I've I've watched like clips of him and just how he interacts with the players. And you can tell he's like one of those coaches that can relate to them. Just how he talks, how he explains things. I think right. we have something very special there. So I hope we give. And him I think chance. that's why Monty's gotten so much out of the Suns. Because remember, the Suns have a really young team. Yeah, and I think he can relate to them, um, or they can relate to him. Sorry, he's instilled a certain level of you know. There's that there's that respect where a lot of NBA players. I feel like again, what do I know? Not that they don't respect the coaches, but they see a coach as not a, a, a figure of authority. It's just more like, hey, you're the coach, so what play are we running? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it's not like a in college where you respect the coach because 
he's the coach and whatever he says, you know, you know, players go back and forth with coaches sometimes. They're not doing that. And so you have to have respect for the coach. And I think Monty Williams has definitely um, earned everybody in Phoenix's respect. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Monty, yeah. man, I mean, he's overcome so much too. Like his story is just, man, I, I, he has a lot of strength and I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. He's uh, had some, some tough years there, but he came on at the side stronger and, uh, you know, seems to be doing well. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Um, is there anything else you want to say? I'm probably gonna wrap this up in a little bit. I'm I'm over two hours right now. This is uh, oh, so you, we, you, know, you have to do a lot of editing. I'm not. I, editing. Think I don't. I don't edit ever. a lot of what people say. The only thing I will edit is like, if it's like a long like breath, like if you or a long pause, like a lot of times I just there's times where I, like, I, I take a while to say something, then I'll edit that. But I don't even edit that too much anymore. I got you. I think I don't think I answered one of your original questions was. My prediction for the Super Bowl, um, I'm kind of rooting for the Bengals a little bit. I really don't care. You know, I'm a Cowboys fan. always have been. The Cowboys are never going to win anything because <laughs> Jerry Jones doesn't run a, want to run the team correctly. I can't believe they um, lost in the playoffs this year. I mean, I can. They This is what they've done since 95. So but they whatever. just had so much hype going in, man, with the offense. And they played such a good, you know, regular season. But whatever. I'm a Cowboys fan. Always will be. Not, not going to change. Um, just they're not going to go anywhere. So, uh, I think the only reason I'm rooting for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And my niece's no brother who plays for them, Jackson Carmen, number 79. A lineman? Offensive lineman? Yeah, I know their line is not good. I know, I know. but He's, no, no, only, he's only a rookie. Nasty. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a right guard. He actually played like most of the second half against the Chiefs. So. Yeah, I was only asking you uh, based on the number you gave me. So offensive, yeah, offensive line. Yeah, yeah. He just got drafted from Clemson. Um, he was like a third-round pick, I think. Sec- oh. Second or third <laughs> round. If he's from Clemson, then he's probably all right, though. No, he is. He won. He won a national championship as a freshman, and then yeah. now he's in the Super Bowl as a rookie. He was like a, a highly rated. Um, he played left tackle in college, so now he's a right guard. So he's probably adjusting a little bit to that. But he's had an up and down year. I mean, I'm not gonna say he had the best year, but he's only a rookie, so I think he'll get better. But I'm rooting for them because of him. I think I'm rooting for them only because uh, you don't see quarterbacks take a team to the Super Bowl and they're. First full season, his second season, um, kind of an underdog story, right? I, I don't have anything against Matthew Stafford. I don't think he's as good as a quarterback as what he's making him seem that he is. They're saying he's you know better since he left the Lions. Well, like, not really. The Lions jumped all He looked average against the 49ers. He looked average in that game. I mean, he, he's an average quarterback. He, he's played Rock pretty arm, terrible. And, Rock and arm. And he does. He, he's got all the talent to play well. He just... Didn't play well in Detroit because Detroit just wasn't a good team. He didn't have receivers. He had no running games. The offensive line wasn't that great. The defense was terrible. Uh, you can't get much out of a, a, a quarterback. Can't do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's a solid quarterback. He's a he's a good quarterback, but I don't really like Odell Beckham either. I think he's a great receiver. I just don't like his antics and all Odell. those things. You don't like Odell? See, I feel like right now you're treating Odell like he's Antonio Brown, and he's far from Antonio Brown when it comes to antics. Well, that's that's also fair. So I'm not gonna say I'm treating him that bad, but I'm just not. Maybe because he played for the Giants. They say his teammates love him, though. They say like everywhere he goes, like he's loved by the teammates. Even in Cleveland. Yes, they said they were pissed when they let him go because he was so nice to everybody. He was buying the offensive lineman gifts and all this. Like they say, he was a great teammate. Baker, he didn't like Baker, but they said outside of Baker, like everybody else loved him. I mean, but that's the person you got to get to like the most. Is the dude that had to throw you the ball. Well, Baker wasn't throwing him the ball. I mean, we see, like, he's playing well, he better. Know, I, I, don't, 
I don't remember his time in Cleveland. I, I didn't like watch I, it, but apparently his dad put up like a, a nine-minute video of times he was open and Baker didn't throw him the ball. Oh. All right. Well, I don't have anything really against him. I just I'm not a huge fan. I, I, if he wins one, I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe he won. Yeah, I don't care either way. Um, I like Aaron Donald, I guess, just because he's a monster. That dude is a beast. Uh, I like Von just again, just because of his. From what I remember, when I used to live in, remember I used to live in Colorado. Oh so yeah, yeah. I saw him a lot. Uh, so I'm not. I mean, I'm not a Von Miller fan necessarily, but I think he's you know he's a good player. Um, what do we, What do you think of Jason, so, Jalen Ramsey? Because me and D'Angelo were having an argument. D'Angelo swears like Jalen Ramsey is a shutdown corner, and I think he's a bit overrated. So let me caveat this by saying first that I'm a Florida State fan. Always have been. Oh, yeah, always I will be. About that. So Shout I out to Florida like State. Jalen. I spent a semester there back in 2003. Out to them or 2004. With that being said, though, I, I don't disagree that he's a little overrated. But I say that because anybody, some, somebody, anytime, excuse me, somebody uses the term shutdown corner, I immediately compare them to Dion. And D'Angelo said he was Dion level. And I said, bro, you're crazy. Like, he's not Dion level. No. I think uh, at Florida State, he was, he played more, I guess he played corner. He played more corner. I think he plays more safety now. I don't like that if you're supposed to be the best corner on the team that you're guarding the, the slot receiver. Like, go out and go the, the you know, the, the one or the two, not yeah. the slot. Not the slot receivers. The game has changed a little bit because so you have a lot of really good slot receivers like Cooper Cup. But I think Chase uh, goes for 100 on him if he guards Chase. I think he's getting 100 on whoever I'm, guards him. He was guarding somebody in the last game, and they caught the ball easy on him, scoring touchdowns. Yeah, yeah so. I've seen him getting burnt a few times. Like, no, he's a little overrated. Yeah. Like, I know teams don't throw at him, but when they do, I see a lot of completions. Yeah, like I, I'm not gonna say that he's he's definitely above average. He's, no, he's solid, but he's he yeah. doesn't live up to the hype that everybody gives him. No, and I feel like I feel like the last again, anytime anybody uses shutdown corner, I automatically compare them to Dion, and Dion was the best to ever do it. So. It's a little unfair, but yeah, I, I do agree that he's a little overrated. Um, I still wouldn't make it a habit of throwing his way all the time, but I would still test him. I, I wouldn't, like again, comparing him to Dion, like teams would legitimately not throw to that side of the field because let's just take our chances over here. You could still test him and you can beat yeah. him on, let's say, you know, four out of 10, 10 catches. He so. gambles a little bit. I know he got beat. I think it was a deep ball a few weeks ago. He had gambled on. He thought it was going to be like a, curl or slant or something he bit on it right but I, if if, Jamar, if he guards jamar chase they're gonna test him burrow is not shying away from that no i and that's that's what i love about Joe burrow a little bit he's just so like young and because it's kind of his rookie year he just has no fear he's like screw it i'm I'm, th- I'm throwing the ball wherever i want wherever it needs to go that's where i'm going with it where whoever's slightly open and he's got the arm to do it he's got the mobility he's a he's a i mean grant i remember him playing lsu i'm you know i'm not a lsu fan but I watched him play, and I was like, oh, you know, he's good, whatever. He's showed me some things the last couple of weeks. I'm like, ooh, this, this dude's nice. Yeah. No, I like Burrow. I, I was um, I was never – you know what's funny? I'm a Nebraska fan. You know I like Nebraska and college football. Yeah. It's been like a love-hate relationship. Nebraska had a chance to get Joe Burrow when he was transferred from Ohio State because I don't know if you know this. His whole family went to Nebraska and played football there. So – he no. wanted to go to Nebraska, and Scott Frost is like, "Oh, we're good with Adrian Martinez. We don't want you." And that's why he went to LSU. So Adrian Martinez has been a cancer for Nebraska the whole he's time. Gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's in Kansas I State know. now. State, <laughs> but hey, he's just he's similar to um uh who was Florida State's quarterback? I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, Chris Rick. 
Oh, Chris Rich. I saw him in the when, gym one when, time when I went to Florida State, and he, like, jumped and grabbed the rim with two hands easily. I was like, a little more athletic than I thought. But, I mean, Bobby Bond was loyal to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we, no, they hated Chris Ricks at Florida State when I was there. The fans right. hated and him. And then, that's when Florida State started really going downhill and kind of stayed down because you had a terrible quarterback. Oh, Same thing with Nebraska. Dude, we thought Xavier Lee was going to be the answer after Chris Ricks. That's how bad it was at Florida State. I mean, he had an opportunity. I don't know what he did to get kicked out of school, but he had the opportunity. He was playing pretty well with a, with no offensive line. He was hyped so much coming out of high school, too. Did he come out of Orlando somewhere? No, nah, I believe he came from Seabreeze. I think he's from out there up near Daytona. Okay. Yeah, I believe he was from out there. I mean, anybody was better but, than Chris Rich. Really. But, yeah, Adrian Martinez never improved, always turnover machine, just could not – Read couldn't do Nebraska, more than make a first read. That was the, the problem. He couldn't see the field. Nebraska gave away so many games last year. It it yeah. was sad to watch. I'm not I'm not a Nebraska fan, but I felt bad for Nebraska fans. Like yeah, they hurt. so many they had the chance to win. Like so I'm like oh, okay, so Nebraska hard, was the game. And then the Michigan game, something. man, when he fumbled, oh, God. he threw an interception against like Wisconsin or something like to lose the game. I was like, bro, was what are so you many. doing? Yeah. And but then the we, thing is, he's not a freshman. Like, he's like an 18-year senior. Yeah, I'm surprised he still has an eligibility. <laughs> it's a little. I feel like he's been in school forever. Like, what did this dude do? Like, and then the, only, some of the, the only reason he transferred to Kansas State is because his girlfriend's on the soccer team there. Well, I mean, the but, sad part is he's going to Did you see who Nebraska got to replace him? Uh, the dude from, no. No, I think I, I, I did see, but I don't remember who it was. We got not, two quarterbacks. And you're gonna you're gonna hate the second one I say, but we got Casey Thompson from Texas. Yeah, yeah, Florida State. And then we came yep. and got Chubba Purdy. I don't know yeah, how yeah. Frost convinced two quarterbacks to transfer there, but I will say the moves because I'm glad we lost all those games because it forced Scott Frost to fire all his little friend assistants he had, and we reloaded. Right. We got LSU's receiver coach. We got Pitt's offensive coordinator, um, and then we we kept our defensive coordinator because our defense was straight. And then we got Donovan Raiola as our offensive line coach. His brother played at Nebraska. So we reloaded, and we got we stole a receiver from LSU. He transferred to Nebraska. And we had another guy whose his name was DeColdis Crawford. He was a yeah. four-star recruit. He was supposed to go to LSU. Now he's coming to Nebraska. So I'm pretty excited on the talent we have coming in. And I think those mistakes that you saw last year won't happen this year with the new people we have. I mean, I wish you guys the best. Florida State's not going to be good, so I don't really watch college football anymore. Do you like Norval, though? Do you like Norval, or are you, uh, you're not a fan? I think they should have gone harder after Deion. That's what I said. Deion Sanders alone, not because, you know, great player. The way he's able to interact with players in general, like, and then, of course, his fame or his, his you know, yeah, his fame is going to attract so many more players. They, uh, one of the best, Somebody, Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. He flipped yeah. him from Florida State. And I'm, I think he's going to take more from a bunch of places because you're playing for Deion Sanders. Like, granted, all, all these kids never seen him play. They don't really know him, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But he's one of the best players ever to play football. Yeah. And that Here. guy that they flipped, he was a corner. So it's like, who better to learn from right. than Deion? And then on top of that, like, he's still relatable, right? Granted, he's, you know, he's, he's older now, but he's not like some old dude. Like, you just look at him and be like, what the heck is this? Like, he's, He's got, I hate the word swag, but he's got, like, swag to him. He's got, like, yeah, he does. character, personality. He's, he's got just a good that, talker, too, man. Like, right. He's got, he's got things that young kids are looking for when they see a coach, right? Like, they don't want to come and run, like, 
uh, Barry Switzer type offenses or defenses or whatever. They're, they want to take chances. They want to like they play man the whole game. That's what Dion does. Right? And he just hired some offensive coordinator. I forgot he hired a good offensive coordinator recently. Like that. For, like their their team's gonna be silly for their division, right? Like they're gonna they were they were pretty good last year. They, they went actually, to the championship. Yeah. They, fam, you moved yeah, into fought, that but, into that conference, so it's a little rough for Fam going to be in the future going forward. Fam, you and Bethune, I think, are in the swack now. Well, they're all going to have to contend with Dion. Oh, I know. His, I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared because I like Fam, you. I, like I think his son's going to be the quarterback again next year, right? Oh yeah, Shador ain't going nowhere. He's, yeah, he was, only, he was a um, he was the freshman of the year in that conference. Yeah, yeah, and he's just going to get better, right? He's got he's got all the time in the world and his dad's the coach and uh, it, it, i feel like Dion holds him accountable right he's not like oh you're my son you're gonna yeah. go out there and keep thinking like he's i don't know they're gonna be pretty uh interesting to watch in the next couple of years oh, yeah. and i think i'm going to the game gone. when they play famu if they actually i don't know if it's in tallahassee this year i think it might have been in tallahassee this past year so i don't know but i i am gonna try to catch a jackson state game next season well if it's one in famu let me know I you know I mean even Bethune they Daytona if they play at Daytona because they're in that they fam you move from the MEAC conference to the SWAC which is Jackson State Grambling Prairie View and in that game you saw the championship one or the bowl game was the SWAC yeah. champion versus the MEAC champion but South Carolina State ain't a bad a bad team either and they they put it on that Jackson was State the, wasn't that for like the HBCU championship so to that's speak? what they call like, it they calling it the HBCU Super Bowl it's basically the champion of one conference playing the, the champion of another. And they, uh, it's you. like they're it's a new bowl game, and they're trying to build it up. But it, I mean, it did pretty right. good this first, this first or second year they had it. So, I look forward to uh, like, growing that. I feel like Norval wasn't the right hire. Uh, I think they, like I said, should have gone harder after Dion. Uh, I would have marketed the whole team. But do Morgan, you, sorry, do you think the whole team? Florida State is suffering from what Nebraska is suffering from, whereas. These kids now don't know the history and how like storied these programs are. They don't see them the same way we saw them in the '90s, so it doesn't have that same allure to it. Going there, I think, yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly what it is. And a lot of these players, they're not worried about playing for big schools or you know playing against you know that Florida State Florida rivalry and Florida State Miami rivalry. They're not worried about that anymore. They just want to be on TV and make it to the NFL. It's like. I, I think it's more about marketing. You market yourself by going to a good team, right? So Florida State's not good, so no one wants to go play for Florida State. Yeah, and my cousin. And like you said, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, like you said, like Florida State hasn't been good since uh, Jameis Winston was there, which is ugh, at least a good seven, eight years ago, right? A lot of these kids were middle schoolish, probably, you know. So ugh, it's hard, like you said, that they're, they're they don't know the history of Florida State. They don't know all the things, all the great games, all the the rivalry so same thing with Nebraska like you said and you know uh, I think that's why Oklahoma was down for a little bit but they play in such a, a, a conference that has these rivalries that are no nah, they're done like Texas, Texas and Oklahoma are well, done I don't know if you saw it, but they're both going to the SEC they're not oh, yeah. they're gonna get they're gonna get they're gonna get destroyed about these SEC 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 teams Jesus can't talk yeah it's ridiculous um, how they're going I don't know why and I, I, again it's all about money right all about the marketing of the SEC and all these other things but for their football teams, they're not going to be that, not not against those guys at least. No. But it might also help recruiting, right? Because you're still in the SEC, so you'll still get. But the SEC already has like what four or five bad teams. Mississippi, not maybe not five. Mississippi State's not usually that good. Um, uh, actually, they've been decent lately. The one that's never good is uh, Vanderbilt. But Vanderbilt's like yeah. one of those smart schools where you have to have good grades to get in there. 
yeah, super smart. That, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and Tennessee's all right. Tennessee's Kentucky's gotten year. better over the years too. They've gotten better. Yeah. Now they For they the go to bowl games now. They're good. But I mean, everybody goes to a bowl game. You just got to win like no, four no. games. Kentucky wins like eight or nine games a year now. They're they're they've gotten better. And in South Carolina is the one I want to see what they do because they got Spencer Rattler now. I want to see if they. Oh, yeah, that's the uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, right. The, the, the one who got one benched. Got, yeah, yeah. I want to see if he mm-hmm. can revive South Carolina because South Carolina really has never been great, but they always produce like a solid player. Like Jadevian Clowney came from there. Um, yeah. Debo Samuel came Jeffrey. from there. Jeffries came from there. Um, Joe Horn's son, who got hurt in Carolina, but he's a really good corner, came from there. J.C. Horn, that was his name. So they always have like a solid like skill position player or defensive lineman. I think uh, one of the 49er guys is from there too. Like they guys, I don't understand why they can never get better. Like because Clemson is not far from there, and they're able to make their program good. Well, I think it's because it's in the SEC, and the SEC is run by, you know, the Floridas, Alabamas, LSU. So if you're going to go to the SEC and you're not going to go to one of those No, schools, but Clemson like, well, got I'm people to go there, and Clemson was bad. They were like – they were average for a while. And then when, da- when Dabo while. got there, yeah. yeah, they were – But they don't play in the SEC, though, so – Oh, yeah, I'm confusing think- them. They're ACC. I'm sorry. Why do I yeah. keep thinking they're in the SEC? ACC, my bad, know. my bad. Clemson, yes, ACC. And- Clemson played in the AC, in the SEC, they wouldn't be Clemson. They wouldn't be that great. They'd be a good, solid team. They'd be, but they'd be mediocre. Actually, I think they're about to start going back to mediocre. I think their run might be over. Yeah, after they lost uh, Lauren. Yeah, well, and then I guess Dabo's not having the same effect on these players. Players are transferring from there now, and I don't know. They just don't. I don't hear about them recruiting wise. I, I don't know about Clemson I anymore. Like, I don't like this transfer protocol thing, but. No, the I mean, transfer portals get out of control. Like Kirk Herbstreet yeah. made a good point on the Pat McAfee show the other day where he was like, it was supposed to be like something to help guys get money, but now it's being used as a recruiting tool. Like you're basically getting like offered free- to go to the schools. Yeah, it's like free agency in college now. Yeah. Like, how, how do you get like, a free agent? Like what the, what the heck? How does There's, that even work? They're going to have to put some legislator uh, legislation behind that, but they got to be careful how they do it because you don't want to look like you're trying to prevent these mostly urban athletes from getting money. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they maneuver around that. But I was going to say about Nebraska, my cousin tried to make the argument. He always says people don't want to go to Nebraska because it's Nebraska. But I'm like, I'm sorry. If you can get, if you can convince kids to go to freaking Iowa, you should be able to convince them to come to Nebraska too. I don't buy the, it because of where it's located argument. Are top recruits going to Iowa? Um, They're getting enough to win like, games like they're they're winning like nine and ten games they're getting they're getting enough people enough talent to win that's all i'm saying it's like i don't think it matters that, where you're at like we have that conference pretty bad big 10 they're in the big 10 well who's in the big 10 i always get big 10 big 12 i was big 10 nebraska left the big 12 yeah. to go to the big 10 you have ohio state you have michigan northwestern's in there uh that's wisconsin's in terrible. there that conference is terrible. No, they my, good people. Because teams. Because to me, Ohio State's over overrated every year. They're, they 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 give you that. They win regular season games. Same thing with Michigan. You know, Michigan's ranked every year because of it's Michigan. Same thing with Ohio State. Wisconsin will get in there sometimes. What about a solid team? All right. What about Boise State? You convincing people to go to freaking Idaho? And Boise State is always pretty decent. You can convince people to go there. I'm sorry. You can convince people to go to Nebraska. But people, I don't think people are going to the Boise State to win football games, though. What are they going there for? 
There's nothing else to do there. Right, but Boise State's not ever ranked. Like, yeah, man, dude, whoa, league. whoa, whoa. Boise State was in a Fiesta Bowl one year where they pulled off that know, upset. They had a run, yeah. They they beat Oklahoma, and they had a they had a nice little run. They, they had some, you know, but they're not a football powerhouse, right? If you go to there, they were known. Play, no, they were kind of a powerhouse for like a little bit. I wouldn't go powerhouse. I would say they were a well known. Yeah, they had your Cowboys boy uh, Kellen Moore running the show over there. I but still, they they were a well known team for seven years. But I'm just seven, saying, like the way Nebraska should not be losing, like they should not be winning three games a season. You, they have but, the facilities in the his like maybe not even history. I think it, I think it more comes down to facilities because I did I did read something there about the reason like Nebraska and like Miami are falling off is because in the nineties Nebraska's facilities were so much better than everybody else's that they were able to get these kids in there and get them bigger and stronger <laughs> than everybody else because they had the top notch facilities and like the the athletic department or the whatever, the nutritionist and all that, and, but everybody caught up to them. And they said that's why Nebraska's yeah. not what it used to be. And then Miami just hasn't had good facilities in forever, ever at probably. So they're probably updating in a while. But my last point about Boise State too is, right, if you go to Boise State, they're not getting top-rated uh, recruits, right? If you go to Boise State, it's because you want to play in a Division One team, you want to get some TV time at some point, and you're going to win some games because your conference is terrible. We also got to talk about how overrated the recruiting rankings are. Because a lot of, of those five stars never live up to that. But that's 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 anything. That's even going to the NBA, right? Like a lot of these, yeah, people that are drafted. NFL, same thing. A lot of these people that are drafted. Again, everybody talks about Tom Brady being the sixth round, but who cares? Like if you can play, you can play. And you, all you gotta do is get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's what do you do with that opportunity? If you if you are skilled enough and have the talent, uh, you'll always come out as long as you get the opportunity. And if you're good enough, you will get an opportunity because everything is about winning. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Tom Brady's rookie year. I thought Michael Bishop was going to be the quarterback. I don't even remember anything about Tom Brady. I, I remember watching the game that Bledsoe got hit, and then Tom Brady came in, but I, I didn't care so much about the Patriots. And I think I that was learned. his second year. I think his rookie year, yeah, he didn't play much. Him and Michael Bishop were both on the team. I knew more. Yeah. I knew Michael Bishop from Kansas State. I'm like, oh, he's the future of the Patriots. And Yeah, that didn't play out well. And then the only reason I knew about uh, – New England at all for like the next three years, besides you know the getting to the Super Bowl, winning Super Bowl. But before that, it's because my supervisor at the time, when I was at my first base in Virginia, was a diehard Patriots fan, and I didn't have much in my room at the time. I lived in the dorms. He Sundays come over watch watch football. He just go on and on about the Patriots, all the history about the Patriots. I was like, what the heck? And then they started winning, and I was like, oh my god, I'll never hear the end of it. And I remember him because he knocked the Steelers out of playoffs that year, where everybody thought we were going to the Super Bowl. We didn't make yeah. it because of the Patriots. What do you think about Roethlisberger uh, retiring? It? Who, who are you gonna? Who's I'm happy. your quarterback? Gonna... I'm happy he's gone. I don't think we have a plan right now. <laughs> um, I would love to get Russell Wilson if possible, but they're claiming that from what I'm hearing, they want to draft a quarterback, which that's gonna set us back. I think if we want to win now, we gotta sign somebody. I heard Jameis is an option, but Jameis has so many options of where he can go. I don't. I just. Unless Pittsburgh gives him a lot of money, I don't see him coming to Pittsburgh, but we would take Jameis. Uh, I know they said Malik Willis, the coaches really like him coming out of um, Liberty, but I don't know. I just, we can't win with Dwayne Haskins or, or Mason Rudolph. That That's not going to cut it. Dwayne Haskins is another overrated Ohio State well, quarterback. 
If like I other great quarterbacks that went to Ohio State, not many of them. Are no, no, me and Mark have, we talk about this all the time. I don't remember uh, oh an Ohio State quarterback ever being good, and I'm scared for Justin Fields now because Ohio State has never really had a great NFL quarterback that I can remember. I'm not counting Joe they, Burrow; he left there. Well, yeah, because he didn't he didn't win there. He didn't even play. Yeah, so uh, I don't they have, remember remember that year they had like three quarterbacks there: McCardo. Uh, I don't remember. Cardell Jones, Cardell Jones, Cardell JT Jones. Barrett, yeah. JT Barrett. And where are any? And who? No, no, I said, where are any of those guys right now? JT Barrett just signed with the CFL. Cardell Jones probably should have left when he won that championship, but he wanted to come back to school and he ruined his draft mm-hmm. stock. And then he's just, yeah, he had a big arm, not really accurate. JT Barrett was accurate, just didn't really have a strong arm. And then you had uh, Terrell Pryor was a was a overrated quarterback for them too. I never liked how he threw the ball. I was like, I always said he just floats that ball. It's never any velocity. I was like, that's not going to work in the NFL. I always thought he was overrated. He ended up playing receiver for a little bit too. Then he he was decent. Yeah, he had a thousand yard season with the Browns, I believe. Mm. He had a decent yeah season, and then he got in trouble with his ex girlfriend or his girlfriend who stabbed him, and he's just yeah he's had some issues there. Yeah, career done. But Ohio State, yeah. Troy, what's his name? Troy, Troy, that guy. He he played quarterback there. Did he win the Heisman? He might have won the Heisman too. Six little know. six foot quarterback played there, and he ended up being on the, on the Ravens or the Forty Nine ers. One of them, Troy Smith. But he was never. He didn't make it in the NFL like that. None of them do. Yeah, that's why I'm worried about Fields because I'm like maybe it's that system that's just not working. Well, Fields is not going to do good for at least the next couple of years because he's placed for the Bears, and the Bears have absolutely nothing around him. I don't know what the Bears are trying to do. I, I don't know. I don't know this Eferbus guy they hired. I don't, I don't know anything about what their direction is right now. They don't know what they're trying to do, so don't try to figure it out. They need, they need to figure it out first. I, I don't know. And that's the sad part about a lot of these quarterbacks that you know start playing their rookie year or year two. Uh, which is why I'm surprised to see Burrow doing so well, is that you want them to adapt to these NFL systems, which are way more complicated than, than the college system. And then you don't give them much room for error, right? Or they're going to stink for usually a season or two, maybe even three, before they start catching on. And then it's like, all right, well, go sit at the end of the bench. We, we got a new guy that redrafted. Didn't that happen to like the Arizona Cardinals quarterback? Not the current one, the one that- Josh Rosen. Yeah, he wasn't. He, yeah. he was overhyped too. But, but, I mean, they drafted him one year, then he, they drafted another quarterback the next year, then he went to another team, and then he went to that team, and then they drafted him. He went to him. Miami. He flamed yeah. out in Miami. And I think yeah. he might be out of the league. But, I mean, they knew they messed up there. And then when, Cl- when Cliff Kingsbury came, he said, I need Kyler, because that was, like, the type of quarterback he knew could run his offense. I mean, that was a smart move. I, I think the only, the only problem I have with uh, Kyler is that he's so short. Granted, we've seen Drew Brees do it, but I think Drew Brees was just a better – uh, IQ quarterback than than yeah. uh, Kyler. What, he's still young. He's got plenty of time to to you know sharpen his IQ. But I think, I think Burrow though the reason Burrow worked to me is because he was older too. Like Burrow came in as an older rookie. He's he's older than Lamar Jackson, so I think his age probably plays a little bit of a part. Did he do uh, three or four years in college? I don't know how many years he did, but I just know he came in the league at like twenty two or twenty three years old. Like he was. He was already yeah. a little bit, you know, he had a little more years on him. Yeah. And I know, he knows how to play. Like, he shattered every yeah. record at LSU. He's an anomaly. 
and it's, you know it's hard to win in the in the SEC like we were talking about. So he's obviously a really good quarterback. And, and it didn't, doing, yeah, it didn't help. It didn't hurt that he got them to draft his favorite receiver. <laughs> right, he just closed eyes and throw him the ball. I'm like here, go get it. Pretty much what he's been doing all season too. Yeah, they're set up. So you're saying you want the Bengals to win? I think I want the Bengals to win, but I just I don't think the Rams should lose in California, man, in their home stadium. But yeah, I'm not. I think mostly. I'm not going to be surprised if they do. Just because of the underdog story, right? Just because the Bengals haven't been to the, the playoffs in, what, 28 years, something like that, something crazy. Uh, they have a second-year quarterback, but really a rookie quarterback. Um, no one's been paying attention to the Bengals pretty much all season. They were barely going to even make the playoffs, made the playoffs. I think now they've beaten the, what, the number one and two seed in the in the AF, uh, AFC. Is that correct? You would know better um, than I would. The Chiefs were – Number one seed. No, nah, Chiefs weren't number – Buffalo was number one. I mean, Tennessee was number, number one. one. Tennessee was number one. Yeah, and then they beat Tennessee. They beat they Tennessee, beat, yeah. I don't know what the Chiefs were. I don't even know if the Chiefs I were. I think they were. Yeah, they were two. They were yeah, because they played Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah. Right, so one and two seeds, right, with a, pretty much a rookie quarterback. Uh, a decent defense, right? There's, not, there's nothing spectacular about their defense. They've been playing solid, but there's nothing no nah. stand out about their defense. But They're that, not ranked in the top. No. Things. But that's why I think the Rams are probably going to win because I feel like the Rams' D-line is going to be too much for that Chiefs O-line. Yeah, that, I mean, when you think about Von Miller and Aaron Donald and uh, some of those other Jalen Ramsey, if he you know, yeah. does some blitzing or whatever. Unless I think. they play it like the 49ers did. The 49ers ran the ball a lot to take away that yeah. pass rush. If the, if the Bengals go in like that, they probably will win. But if they go in there trying to throw the ball a lot, they're going to lose. Just I do think they're going to run. Joe Mixon's a pretty good runner. Yeah, back. they need to focus on the run. But if they get too cute and start trying to drop back a lot, Aaron Donald's going to feast on that O-line. I'm sorry, Jackson, Joe, that's my guy, but I'm just saying what, I, what it is. Isn't Joe Mixon the uh, running back that played at USC? That No, he played at um, Oklahoma or Texas. I think it was Oklahoma. It, Oklahoma. Or am I thinking the wrong person? Like he's working out sometimes and put the no, bar down. No, he's the one who punched the girl at the bar. <laughs> oh, even better. Good, good job, Joe. That's not good, man. Like I do remember that. I do. Yeah, remember that. yeah, I'm that's part. him. I don't think he crushed no windpipe. Nah, no, I don't, I don't no, no. I, there was a running back one year, like a couple of years ago, probably more than a couple now, that was working out or something, and he put the bar down his neck and he crushed Ooh. his windpipe, so they were going to oh. get to play again. Oh gosh! And then he ended up. I thought it was, I thought it was Joe Mixon, but now that you say the the. He punched the ground. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, he re- he did a lot of like he rehabbed his image. He did a good job of rehabbing his image because it really doesn't get brought up much anymore. But that goes back to what I was saying earlier about a like in the moment league. People are gonna are in the moment society. Period. People remember and something for right now, moment, and then I don't know now, how people- he survived that because Ray Rice never played again, and the Joe Mixon one was on video too. So I'm, I'm actually shocked he survived that because Ray Rice didn't survive his own video. At all. Ray Rice was done like the next day. But Mixon, like I said, man, I don't know what his, if, who his PR or whatever, but they helped him get his image back. Cause I think because he played in Cincinnati and no one has any even, eyes on Cincinnati. Yeah. Even this week, Cincinnati. I haven't heard it brought up this week. Not yet, at least. Yeah, no. I don't know if they've had their yeah, media no. day, but it, I don't, haven't heard it yet. Yeah, normally the people like media day they start going back to like your whole career, <laughs> analyzing everything you ever did from like middle school on. 
I think it will get brought up before some point because I think once the uh, the super left people like the the Me Too and all that, once they find out, it'll get it'll get out. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Joe Mixon's a big enough name to where it's on their radar yet. But if they find out, they'll probably get it pushed to the forefront again. That's true. All it takes is somebody in the media to leak it again, and then it's again right in people's faces, and everybody's going to be you know have something to say about it. That's just how our society is, man. Yeah, because they would still talk about who was it. They still talk about like certain players who've been who've gotten in trouble for stuff. Like I know people who be like, I've never liked this person because he did this. I'm like, but do you believe in forgiveness? Like it was a long time ago, but I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna have to tune into some more of the Super Bowl coverage. I haven't even been paying attention to much of the storylines. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really even excited about the Super Bowl. I'm gonna watch it because why not? But I'm not excited about it. I don't. I don't have a stake in either one of these teams. Yeah. Um. At this age, I only get excited just to hang out with my friends and watch it. Like that's, I'm more excited just being around people because I don't, I'm not around these people as much anymore because I work from home and I don't go out as much. I'll be at home watching as well. So I'm with you. One day, man, we'll uh, all get together and uh, do something. Hopefully soon. Won't be on the 19th, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, no, soon. No. Whenever you get back in town, man, let me know. I know my mom cool. would love to see you. So let me know when you're back. And we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get everybody together. I appreciate you getting me on the show, man. You know, I'd like to be a weekly guest. I'm kidding. I like to be- you see how this is, though. I do a lot of like, I'll randomly call people, and it ends up being like our our conversations. <laughs> like, hey, I'm I'm with it, man. As long as I'm not at work, I could probably do it. So, just give me a call if you ever want to have me on again. I appreciate you giving me a call, man. It was good talking to you as always. Oh yeah, man. This was uh, great, great insight, great content. We talked on a lot of different topics. Uh, I'm going to have to go through and try to remember everything we talked about so I can put it in my little description because I, sometimes I like to put the uh, the topics in there. So I'll... That's why That's why somewhere in the middle I asked you, what was this What was this uh, podcast again? Like, what was the topic of this whole one again? But uh, I, I actually had a lot of topics written down and I didn't get to half of them. So I... I but now what, I have topics that we talked sense. about that I wasn't even thinking about talking about, like all the police stuff and me and D'Angelo talked about some different things. So... It worked out. I mean, I'm going to have Mark on in a day or two because Mark Mark wants to talk about um, – what is he – he wants to talk about Joe Rogan and uh, Aquafina and all that whole controversy going on there. So I'm going to have a whole, like, episode devoted to me and him and his his girl talking about all that. <laughs> all right, man. Well, like I said, man, give me a call whenever you want me to be on again. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, hope to see you soon. Um, good luck on all your future endeavors. In the I appreciate meantime, that. Man. Yeah, definitely, man. Thank you for coming through. Hold on, let me give you a little clap. I don't know if you can you can you hear that on your end. I can't hear right now, but I honestly listen to your your okay. podcast. Uh, I gave you a little clap. The applause. Well, I appreciate that. I listen to. Um, I have a, I have a I usually an opportunity to listen to the whole thing because I have like a forty five minute drive to work every day. Yeah. So I usually listen at least half of it on the way there and half of it on the way home. So I, I'm definitely going to hear it. It's going to be weird to hear my my voice on the radio. Uh, whatever, man. I was just worried about my phone because my phone wasn't good with phone. Ever since I got this new like Nokia, it wasn't good with the phone calls. But now that I switched companies to Tello, it sounds better. So now I know I can use this phone again to call people because I hadn't really been calling people with this phone because I didn't like how it wasn't as clear as my old phone. But it sounds right. good. Like these last two calls I've had with you and D'Angelo, you guys sound good. So I'm like, all right, the phone is this new company, I guess. It's like a HD calling they have now where it's not going over like 2G or 3G, whatever they used to do. So it sounds better. Right. So now I'm like, All right, I can get back to calling people more regularly. 
that's fair, man. But I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you being willing to come on and talk. And yeah, I'll definitely have you back on next time. I will give you a heads up and I'll even give you like topics ahead of time. But this was like a very spontaneous one. So don't, don't be too mad at me. I, uh, from time to time, I nah, do these. I'm, I'm not mad at all. Again, I appreciate you even thinking about me and giving me a call, man. Okay. Well, it was great talking to you, Jackie, and we will talk to you again at some point. Enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the Super Bowl. All right, man. Thanks. Same to you. All right. Peace. That was Jackie. What can I say, man? I had a million topics that I wanted to get to, but the conversations just flowed so well with D'Angelo and Jackie that I was like, you know what? I'll save the topics for another episode. We talked about a lot of good things on the, this episode today with these phone calls. So I don't really have much else to say. I'm going to wrap it up. Now, this episode was over two hours. We're looking at, what, two hours and 30 minutes over 2:30 so I'm probably going to go through it. I'm not going to I'm not going to post this tonight cuz I need to go through and just make sure everything's good. I think it might have froze up at one point. So I'll have to like cut that part out, but not too much went wrong. I think the little freeze was probably a few seconds. I'll figure out where that went wrong at. And I will end this show with another black history themed type of song, I guess. And I think this one I'm going to play, I'm going to play this one by Plies called Why You Hate, which is a good song to play because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when I had Jackie on about like the police and stuff and how they generalize sometimes. Like they generalize black people where I said, no, we do it with them too. And we're trying to get away from that. So maybe this is a good song for everybody. Just knowing we shouldn't generalize and you shouldn't hate on anybody because of how they look, how they act. Unless they're doing something illegal or bad or that's harmful. Other than that, everybody should just respect everybody, treat everybody with love. I'm going to end this show now. I think I'm rolling with the Rams still to win. I'm going to root for the Bengals, but I think the Rams are going to win. We'll come back on next week and talk about it. I'm still going to do that episode with Mark and Janika. And I don't know when. I'll find a, I'll find a spot to post that. I'll find an area. Maybe next week I'll have to post that one. But I'm going to try to get that call in with them this week. And we'll come back next week with some Super Bowl recap, halftime recap. And we'll end this with Plies, Why You Hate. It's Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. Check back in next week. When I ask the government, why y'all hate us so much? Wanna ask the other color? Why y'all hate us so much? Wanna ask the law? Why y'all hate us so much? Wanna ask the prosecutor? Why y'all hate us so much? Is it our skin color? Or is it the way we talk? You hate us cause we us? Or you hate us cause we folk? Is it the way we live? Or is it the way we walk? We never had shit, so it can't be nothing we bought. The shit y'all took us through, pride the reason we off. Our pride we still got it, only thing we ain't lost. Defending ourselves shit, that was something we was taught. We been through the roughest times, but all of it ain't our fault. Wish I could add up the years in prison, our people's caught. The government is stripped we ain't really have a choice. Your peoples go to college, my peoples go to coke. Your 
people was born with money. My people was born broke. Your people's lived in mansions. My people's hung from ropes. Your people's had it made. All my people's had was hope. Your people's had help. All my people's heard was no. My people's thought about it. Your people's cut our throats. The respect we had for one another, shit, wasn't even close. We had to entertain. That was our only open door. If we wanted to make, we had to rap, sing, or try spokes. We couldn't afford a full ride, shit. My people poke. My people ain't mad. Your people hate us, though. But we the ones struggling. So why y'all hate us, folks? The police want us bad. The judge hate us more. The jury think we guilty for we come through the door. And y'all to take our money. But y'all won't help us, though. And y'all biggest fear to see my people grow. But I biggest fear is dying for we turn 24. And every law that's passed, designed to sink us more. And every time we go to jail, y'all get paid, though. But when we ask for money, y'all slam the door. They say our president black, but we can't tell, though. We only got ourselves. Now that's what's real, though. I know y'all hate our guts. That's how y'all feel, though. But y'all ain't got the like us, just let us live though And cause we black bruh, don't mean we still though And cause we from the ghetto, don't mean we dumb bro We just as smart as y'all, but y'all don't want the world to know But all we want to know, why y'all hate us so much Why y'all hate us so much, why y'all hate us so much All we want to know, why y'all hate us so much Why y'all hate us so much, why y'all hate us so much